surprised Cheney didn't have a heart attack. Isn't he the one with the weak heart after he saw he shot his friend? I've just uh, decided that you're the Dr. Frankenstein of uh, radio sports flunkies. Me? Yep. In what you way? You the monsters and then you turn them loose on the rest of us. Or you're the guy that invented uh, Clarence Darrow. You invented Stu Gotts. You invent all these evil little... And then you just turn them loose on the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, I had Vukshambi. Yeah. Uh, and look what happened. Look what happened with that. He's doing very well. And he could be doing a hell of a lot better if he had any brains. Oh, uh, you're wrong. He's doing college basketball on ESPN. He's doing baseball on ESPN. Let me say this to you again, with, with all due respect. To be the voice of the New York Mets on the radio in New York, a team that is your team, that would be like my, like Joe Bowen calling me up and saying, God forbid, I've got a terminal disease. We want you to be the play-by-play broadcaster of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You think I would say, oh, I don't think so, Joe. I got this great deal here with QAM. No, that's not why he turned it down. Why did he turn it down? He turned it down to because he didn't believe Dan LeBastard. No, he did it. You know, Josh Cordes gets real upset every time he sees that show of Supernatural with those two brothers sleeping in the same room. Well, last time I checked, uh, Boog and uh, LeBastard aren't related. He didn't turn it down to continue to work there. He turned it down because he's got a good network deal with ESPN, where he's doing uh, and he's making more money there. He's the doing voice of the New York. He's Mets. doing sixty network baseball lazy. games a year. He's lazy. Don't want to work that on That's television. Lazy. He does postseason lazy. on radio. Lazy. I don't agree. There are guys who, uh, hey, uh, O'Brien took a network job, too. Yeah, and who hears about him now? He's all, yeah, watch ESPN. He does the main games. But, no, I understand that. But who hears about him? Who knows from him? He's just another one of these canned voices, like Joe Buck. Only Joe Buck gets a little bit of press. But who hears about Dave O'Brien? What's the difference? He sounds, he sounds like his voice is coming out of a, there's 80 guys that sound exactly like Dave O'Brien. I don't know. No, I think Dave O'Brien is in the, the upper echelon of, of baseball announcers today. I beg your pardon? He's in the upper echelon of baseball announcers today. <laughs> okay. Well, there's not a whole lot to choose from anymore. Well, so, he is He is what he is. Yeah, and I'll go along with that. Uh, against the group that we're talking about. I got to do this for you. I take Joe Angel any day over Dave O'Brien. I like any Joe day. Angel, too. Huh? I like Joe Angel, too. Yeah. And Dave O'Brien well, really Where's stuck Joe Angel? It. He stuck it to him. Joe man. Angel's the number two Just guy like in Baltimore. Clarence stuck again. it to Duff. You're mixing, you're mixing subjects here. Exactly, to keep you off balance. That's the strategy, don't you I'm understand? I'm sticking to my guns. Oh, and by the way, you can stick to your guns on that Gretzky story, too. I thought about that later on for about ten seconds while I was making my big comeback at Woodbine. Yeah. I broke even, so I had a great day. <laughs> uh, no, I was losing my ass, and then my machine uh, was you know something, Coming back after losing your ass is winning. Oh, yeah, I left there felt like I won $10 million. Yep. But anyway, the Gretzky thing, you see, the comment wasn't that they bet 100000 but it was like, see, I told you we should have bet. And in other words, it was exaggerating, obviously, but in other words, he was that confident in the outcome of the game. I don't know whether it was... Oh, well, that's insane. Oh, we say that all the time. Right, exactly. Like when your horse is opening up 10 lengths... Oh, yeah, I should have bet say, 200 oh, I on I should have bet 1,000 on this. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. But the point, the point of the story there from Bill Waters was that these are people, both of them, I mean, obviously, husband and wife don't live in a vacuum, who bet, who plunge their guts out on sports. Now, it's okay if it were done in the sports book. There's nothing illegal about that as long as he wasn't betting the hockey. But there's a guy that lives in Phoenix and in L.A. He's got a home in, you know, in L.A., obviously. Right. Uh, so he was in one of those two places at the time. Well, I know that both locations are fairly close to Vegas, but I don't know about you. I don't know of any sports books in Phoenix or in L.A. Well, there are some states where you're allowed to maintain an offshore account. Yeah. Where, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So you can bet there. It's like betting with a bookmaker. It's the or same maybe, thing. Or maybe a Jersey account with Rick Tockett's uh, friends. Yeah, that's Rick, illegal. Rick Tockett's, have you ever seen Rick Tockett's nose? By the way, it's like not this. illegal to bet. It's illegal to book the bet right. or arrange the bet. That. Right. But, but you, we already know that Rick Tockett was laying all these bets off for all these people on the yeah, team. Well, he Why was bookmaking. Right. But the Gretzky and his wife were betting the, or whatever. He's the assistant coach of the team. Do you think he was operating in a vacuum? Oh, I understand that. Yeah. It just aggravates me the way they cover up for him here. It just, you know, he's like a legend here, and they're like obsessed, and they're like, it's like a sickness here. That needle-nosed piece of crap makes me sick. He couldn't lick Bobby or his ass, even with that nose. Anyway, I was just thinking, across the street, you got Jefferson Pilot. You know what we got at QAM? Uh, I don't know. Automatic Pilot? Autopilot. I guessed it. What do I win? Autopilot. A million dollars. I'll Call take Caroline it. Beasley and tell I'll her take to cut the million the dollars and I Call can bet Caroline it. Caroline and tell her to cut the check. <laughs> and also tell her to cut the crap. You're on autopilot. Clarence is playing junior uh, basketball analyst again in uh, Boston or somewhere. And we've got major issues, and uh, he's just uh, he's AWOL. I'm going to bet 100000 on the Canes tonight taking 10 points. In I'm going to bet $10 million on uh, Duff becoming program <laughs> director again and your little uh, underling Clarence uh, sleeping with the fishes. I'll take that. I'm going to have to call up Rick Tuck and see if he knows any people. Duck is a, duck, duff has become or a sales just, mogul. Maybe Clarence could just go duck hunting with Dick Cheney. That's an idea. Maybe that's where he is now. While Rome is burning, Clarence is busy being U.M. flunky. I think, I think he ought to be the PD at VUM. I think it would be a perfect position for him. Although Duff said he knows several perfect positions for him, but that's another story. I thought that was the beast. What's that? PD at WVUM. Nah, he's outgrown that. But, you know. Everybody likes the beast now, now that his nemesis is gone. Yeah. Yeah, Todd Dreck uh, is just, he's he's problem. He's, he's trouble. If I could tell you the story, in fact, maybe George will tell you the story. It has to do with one of our accounts that I'm obviously can't go into on the air. I've had grief like you wouldn't believe. And this uh, Todd Dreck, and, you know, always pass the buck and tell make-up stories. Yeah. Oh, you got to do this for me. You got to do this for me, you know. I know exactly I, I would, what you're talking I about. I wouldn't wish our sales department on Attila the Hun, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, uh, uh, <laughs> or Clarence. Clarence. The, by uh, the way, the, the new sales manager. The new sales manager starts, starts tomorrow. March 1. Yeah. He starts when? I think tomorrow. No, March 1st. Oh, March 1st, because yeah. I was told he was coming in tomorrow. Well, he may be coming in. For oh, a while he's coming to town tomorrow. Okay. See, and Joe Bell could be there too, except that Greg won't get his stuff out of there and clear out that damn office. Greg came by yesterday, I guess, or in the hallway. Was it in the hall, George? Yeah, or thereabouts. Yeah, in the hallway, passing ships in the night, and says uh, to George, Oh, tell, uh, tell Neil I said hi. I have one word for you, Greg. Goodbye. Bye-bye. So that hi was worth about how many thousands? That was his day of consulting. He said hi to you. Hi, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we're, yeah he's getting paid by the high. <laughs> yeah. Right. Kind of like hi. the vice president who was duck hunting with his uh, girlfriend and his uh, booze. Few beers and a few broads, man. So you notice he goes on Fox Network to do yeah, his confession. I got a column about that. Yeah, about him going on there. Uh, Critic Slam Cheney's interview choice. Jack Cafferty on CNN, who's the only human being on CNN, the only guy I really like on there. He said it was a little bit like Bonnie interviewing Clyde, seeking a safe <laughs> haven at Fox. Amen. Nice going, Jack. That's He's a good the line. only guy on CNN that su- should survive. The rest of that place needs to be taken out, except for our good friend Susan Candiani. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, she's great. Another local person who made good. Right. So what's going on with you today? <laughs> Speaking of local people who made what's good. What's going on with me today is I'm going to, like, pretend that I have my brains unscrambled. I'm going to do four hours here. Yeah. 
I'm going to tell you something. Seriously, the, remember what I told you. The faces change, and I just had a little chat with Joe Bell about 20 minutes ago, 10 minutes. And uh, the faces change, but the uh, you know, he understands he's got a lot of stuff he inherited, yep. and he's not going to solve it all in four weeks. But it would be nice to start solving some of the things that have to do with us. You know, it's like maybe one would be good for starters. You know what? Just one. He's responsive. When you, you tell him something, and he gets it done. Really? Yes. Well, maybe for you. Did, did you know, by the way, that they actually could heat up the studio if they wanted to? Really? For three you years, I've been told that? that we don't have any heat here. I mentioned it to him yesterday, well, and guess what? Our, how come we have it in our studio? Somebody actually showed up yesterday to fix it after I've been begging well, for three years. Uh huh. So guess what? The engineers finally got off their butt to do something. Yeah. Because Joe Bell made sure they did. I, I well, love Joe go. Bell. Huh? The guy's great. He actually cares, and he wants to do things that are right and do things the right way. It's well. It, I hope you're right. I, I think it'll change. I have a I lot of confidence right. in him. He's inheriting. Uh, you know, it's like it's like like I talk about the Humpty Dumpty and the broken egg. Yeah. The egg is broken into a million pieces. It's like being president after Bush. Yeah. Who's going to clean up the mess? Who would want to be? How do we get out of Iraq? It's a big job. How do we calm down all these uh, crazy schmata heads? But this guy's okay, I think. We'll see. Time will yeah. tell, of course. I'm okay. going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, give him at least another day. No, I'm going to give him another day. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> you put it perfectly, okay? Give him another day. Yeah. All right. Any pressure, Joe, we're going to give you another day. 24 hours. We're going to have you uh, guillotine. We're going to get OJ in there with that machete. and just 24 hours, Joe, to get it fixed. Yeah. Well, this this other situation uh, was not... I'll have to ask George about yeah, it. Ask George. He'll tell you. Okay. In fact, as soon as he tells you, your head will spin around like a dreidel in heat. As soon as he tells you what it is, you'll know. I'll do my exorcist. But it's just we always have to do a favor for this one and a favor for that one. And we, you know, it's just I'm tired of favors for people that uh, wouldn't, wouldn't give me the time. Uh, I know. It's, you know what? He's got an advertiser out there that he wanted me to do some kind of deal for. Yeah. That, that I'm supposed to uh, go out and say and tell the world that. Uh, well, I, I don't want to go don't into it. Then it. people know. will know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same as you. It may be the same one for all I know. Yeah, I bet this, you it this is. This is an evil person, man. An evil person who will tell any story, any lie, uh, fabricate any kind of BS to stuff a, stuff a couple of bucks in his pocket. Yep. He's got his own little boiler room going on back there. That's that's the thing. When this new sales manager comes in, I don't know what kind of hairpiece he's got, but it's going to fly straight up in the air. Skin. Oh, he's a skinhead. Good. I Good. Maybe you can borrow Moe's uh, muskrat. Or maybe you can borrow that Luis Miguel muskrat that's sitting back there. I, had, I heard that thing is still crawling around here. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry that I you know, chased him out of town. Did you hear that guy a few days ago? That was a classic call. Some old toad. And another thing. I don't know. He sounded just like oh, the yeah, old as a matter of fact. I did hear that. Another thing. <laughs> yeah. And you did this and you did that. And like I said, he chased himself out like he has every other place he's ever worked. Moe. Yeah, that's the one. Now, how did we get into that? How did you leave? I did not bring him up today. You sure as hell did. I was talking about Wayne Gretzky, and you started with with Mo again. Absolutely. God, you have like a, a disease with it. No Mo. You have you have Moitis. <laughs> I think that's a good line, though. Across the street, it's Jefferson Pilot, and on this side of the street, QAM is Autopilot. I, I got, like that. Uh, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Nobody Clarence, man. I got news for. Him. I, I better not see him again. Well, unless, he, unless the Canes play in Toronto, you probably yeah, won't. I might have to do a Dick Cheney on him. Spread a few pellets around. I'm yeah, going to say spray, spray some in his face, but who the hell would know the difference? Hey, Clarence, you idiot. You fairy. God. Yeah, he was supposed to follow through and take care of all this stuff, and I get an email from him. 425 yesterday, I'm at Woodbine on my BlackBerry. I get an email. Uh, well, what was the problem you were having? And I thought to myself, you imbecile man, you are just 
Pathetic. A child. If, we could, if I could resurrect my little miniature pincher, Tiny, he'd make, he'd make a more effective PD than Clarence Darrow. But again, like I said, he's one of your uh, monsters that you wind up. It, it's, it's fun. You wind them up and you turn them loose on the human race, like Stugatz. <laughs> you invented Stugatz. I did. Well... Hey, regrets? I've had a few. You'll probably you'll probably lose a big bet someday, and <laughs> it'll be all because of that. Just, just just in your mind, do a little linkage there. Just remember I told you. You mean I'm going to get the karma turned around, huh? They are. So you better start working on it. You better repent. Find the Lord. I am repenting on some things. Good. That would be one. Well, listen, have a great day. You I'm too. Just, uh, I don't know whether I'm on the uh, planet or Uranus. I don't know where the hell I am. But I have I to go see you. George. Yeah, go see I guarantee you that I know. it's the same deal. I, I, would, I, would bet, uh, I would bet Todd Rex life on it. I'll bet Have you $100,000. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. And even money. Okay. We're done. Yep. Know that the Lord even loves Neil Rogers. Janie's got a gun. already. Can you believe that? 10.15 already? Wow. Yeah, time is flying by. And I have no idea what the planet I'm on. I'm not joking about that. Anyway, we got Geldy at 2 this afternoon. Uh, Mad Dog at 4. That's Geldy in the 2 to full for Mo revolving dough. Uh, Mad Dog at 4. Hurricane warm-up at 6.30. And then it's Clarence and uh, Joe Zagaki. Oh, my God. Joe Zagaki sucks, okay? Okay. Uh, UM basketball against Boston College up there. That's why we have no program director, and that's why we're on autopilot today. Eddie K. after the basketball game. That's our award-winning schedule here at Autopilot Radio. 10:16. This is Neil Rogers. That's time for the next break. This is 560 QA. Salespeople are ice holes. Good morning, Americans. It's Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Bill and his wife Buffy were sitting in church. Bill sleeping, Buffy knitting. The priest asked, "Who created the earth and man?" And Buffy poked Bill with her knitting needle, and Bill screamed, "God!" The priest looked at him and said, that's right. Then he asked, who is God's son? Once more, Buffy poked her husband, Bill, with her needle. He screamed, Jesus, again, the priest said, correct. Finally, the priest asked, what did Eve say to Adam when she didn't want any more children? Well, Buffy poked her husband, Bill, again, but this time he screamed, poke me with that thing one more time, and I'm going to rip it off. The priest said, that's right, Paul okay. Harvey. Good day. 21 past 10 at 5. So do you have a little uh, conversation with Hank for about 10 seconds? Yeah, and he also, he also thought my, um, my dance impersonation was really hysterical. I did the Todd Dreck dance. Oh, I see. Now, was it the same issue or was it something different? Well, he had a different issue with me. I but see. Very similar kind of, you know. <laughs> I see. Bada boop, bada beep. Right, exactly. Well, that's Todd Dreck's middle name, bada boop, bada beep. 
And then, of course, we find Clarence, you know, it's uh, passing the uh, blame and down the road it goes. And, and, of course, it's kind of difficult to deal with any of these issues when there's nobody in there. And when you keep sending emails and they keep uh, getting uh, sent back to you. Now, well, why does that happen? I'm, I'm having issues of my own with my email clients, so I don't know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. No, well, in I this am. particular case, it's not. I didn't get a uh, balance. I, I, got a, uh, I don't ever get my back. emails not delivered other than this yeah. particular case. So Again, you got a balance that got bounced back right. from, by the mailer, Damon? Right. Is that what happened to yours? No, mine just uh, it's like it never even existed. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Great. that's uh, something, uh, something's going on wrong with my settings over here. I, I see. 22 after 10 here at Autopilot Radio. Let's take a look at the poll result from yesterday. Boy, this went over like uh, Halava in Manhattan. I'll tell you that. 1,890 votes. Pretty impressive, if you ask me. Uh, the gayest thing a so-called straight guy can do. Kiss another guy. 363. Oh, thank you. Put a little tongue in there, and it goes up to about 4,000. <laughs> Naked fraternity hazing, 237. <laughs> like running naked on the beach with your buddies. It's the greatest thing that a guy could ever experience yeah. in life. Make no mistake I'll about it. I'll take his word for it. Wear a thong at the beach. Especially wear a thong while you're running uh, you know, on the beach with your buddies. Think of the 200, thong. 221. Wear short shorts, 102. Real short, like up to your uh, navel. Guys with navel or tongue piercing, all the navels all the time, 92. Hold a small dog while driving, a widow dog, 74. Especially like a, a poodle. Well, I tell you, I'm being a dog lover, but I don't like poodles at no, all. No, no, I don't either. I don't, I don't, I don't like poodles. I don't like people who have poodles. There's just something about the whole thing. It's just, oh, it, they're it's, great. They don't shit. No, I don't no, care. it's like they're people ugly. that have a prop. It's not like having a pet. It's like a prop. You know the difference between a pet and a prop? Yeah, a prop drives a plane, and uh, you know. Wear a fanny pack or a fag bag. Seventy-one. Tie a sweater around your neck. Seventy. Listen to Neil Rogers. Yay. Sixty-nine. Oh, look at that number. Get a manicure or pedicure like him, a bow camper, 67. You don't like it? You got an issue with him? Take it up with him. Yeah. He'll beat the snot out of you. From a distance. Watch bare ass mounting, 62. Highlight your hair, 56. Shaving your body hair, 38. Vote Democrat, 38. Ass slapping, 33. Wear thumb rings, 31. That's what thumb people say. Use body wash, 29. Watching figure skating, 28. Guys who like cats, 28. Guys who like musicals, 28, especially the musical cats. Plucking their eyebrows, 21. Watching soap operas and wearing pink shirts, 20. Ride a scooter of Vespa, 14. Guys who like Macaulay Culkin, 13. Going to Michael Jackson concert, 13. I bet you that uh, the guy with the eyes probably likes Macaulay Culkin. I'll ask him next time I see him. Well, he's probably too old now. Going to the gym, 10. Wear green on Thursday, 10. Now, did you notice whether Josh is wearing any green today? Uh, what, what color are those stripes? He's wearing a white shirt with some stripes. Uh-oh. I am not. What color are those stripes? They're blue? They're black, blue, and gray. Black and blue, huh? I'm wearing gray, so. I can't. I kind of feel a little black and blue today, too. Wear a lady's watch tin. Wear colored contact lenses. That should say tinted, but again, colored. I'm sorry. Color, color sounds tinted. like a racial thing, you know? I don't, I don't think that the dark folks wear uh, uh, tinted contact lenses, do they? Sure, why not? They do? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know any? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I've, seen, I've seen it. I mean, no way. Get out of here. I don't hang out. Yeah, no, dark guys that wear tinted no, contact say, lenses? That sounds guys. awful yeah, to me. Girls mostly. No. Well, that's a different story. You mean real girls? Wear yeah, a bracelet, yeah. six. Ride a ten. Well, there's a different kind of girl. Yeah, there's real girls, and then there's girls. Yep. Ride a tandem by five. Buying carpenter CDs, only two, and crying in a movie, two. I'm very impressed by those last two. Well, what a self-confident hey, bunch I've of macho that. guys we got out there. Only two of them would feel bad about crying in a movie or buying a carpenter CD. How can you watch Old Yeller like and stay dry? Come on. I think admitting to buying carpenter CD, that's another category. But just doing it. How you about know, like, admitting to stealing And then bringing it out like in a brown paper wrapper like Hustler Magazine. Remember those days? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you'd go into like uh, one of those magazine stores That's or adult right. stores, and in the back section they'd have uh, Playboy and Playgirl mm-hmm. and Hustler and whatever, and they would give it to you in a plain uh, brown wrapper. As a matter of fact, I remember subscribing to the Advocate A okay. for years as mm-hmm. I have, and they used. And I don't remember. I don't think they do that anymore. But once upon a time, when it was not fashionable to be out. Yeah. They would deliver that to your mailbox in a very um, nondescript right, well, brown wrapper. Comes in an opaque plastic uh, yeah. Yeah, thing. Let's see. Talk about a jock sniffer. It says 4.31 p.m. Oh, this is from Iodine. We all read your faxes, okay, Iodine? See, it's a good thing to look at the header before you bother sending me this. Well, no, I sent it and I put a disclaimer at the bottom of it. No, I, I, I didn't even get that far. As soon as I saw the Iodine at the top, I said no to that. Hell with it. Bullcrap, anyway. Bye-bye, Iodine. Yeah, some crap knocking a mad dog. We don't knock mad dog on the show. He's one of the, him and Hank are the uh, people we like. And Eddie Kay. And Claire and uh, Curtis. Oh, what did I say, Clarence? Sorry. Yeah, you both Freudian Curtis. Split, I know you love him. Curtis Stevenson. I the best cartoon character of all time. We better do the break because when we get back, that'll take us till noon when I get through reading the list. I'm only going to read it maybe twice. It's just too long. So I'll read the, the top vote getters. Right, and I, I agree with the what's in the top there. Not that 734 matters. votes for the best. You do, huh? I don't. Yeah. I voted for Batman. Oh, wow. He's doing pretty good. I mean, he's in the pack. I was very torn between the three that are in the lead. Really? Really. Well, yeah, of course. See, I don't view any of the ones I grew up with. Yeah, but I don't view South Park as a cartoon. It's a TV cartoon, but I I don't know. It's kind of like a different category. But nevertheless, we sure love South Park and Cartman. Or as somebody would say, Cartman. Says that. I don't know, but I'm going to talk about her when we come back. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Come and listen to a story about a gal named Spears. Started out wearing Mickey Mouse club ears. Then she was a singer with really big boobs. Until she met that bitterline dude. Fake rapper. Real poser. Well, the next thing you know, she's got knocked up. Got herself hitched without a prenup. Friends all said, he just after your cash. She turned you into sorry white trash. Trailer trash. Gary Springer. Now it's time to say goodbye to Mr. Britney Spears. Never should have gone and tried to pierce the baby's ears. Y'all had better get the kid or else he won't survive. With ignorant hillbillies that don't know how to drive. Wave bye-bye now. Don't look back now, you hear? Uh, I realize I'm a little bit slow and a little bit stupid, but uh, this Dick Cheney is shooting the bird thing on our website. How the hell does that thing work? Oh, you just you wait for the quail to come up, and then you press the shoot button. Click on the above picture, the Dick Cheney quail hunt, okay? Yeah, let me let me try it. I've I'm pressing it start. I, I just don't have any success with this. It says the shoot button will be right where the start button is below. Then click the start button and be sure your aim is true. It says wait till you see the quail fly from the bushes and then click shoot to make Cheney take a shot at it. It's uh, harder than it looks. Okay. You just okay, keep your mouse on the, the shoot button there. Okay, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting for the quail to come flying out. There's Danny Quail. Do you see the quail yet? All right, first I'm clicking on the picture. I already did that. All right, well, I'm behind. I'm you. way ahead of you. I, and uh, uh, Cheney is standing button. there with it. All right, huh? now I'm holding. My, oh, there, yeah, I got it to work. Game How'd over. How'd you do that? All right, I'm doing it again. Oh, damn it. How'd you do it? You, um, you Mine just says shoot. Didn't you see the quail? Refresh. No. Refresh. No. Oh, and then, as soon as you refresh, hold the mouse over the shoot button. Yeah, well, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm poised. I'm ready you'll, to Oh, jeez. You'll see a quail fly out there. <laughs> see, I'm doing it. I'm refreshing it. Okay. I refreshed it. I've got my uh, mouse on the shoot button. I'm waiting for the quail. I don't have time just for this, shoot. okay? Just go ahead and shoot. Oh. Okay. 
Oh, now the other thing comes up. They got That's quail right. hunt. Thing. Go ahead. Okay, start. Oh, I got, I got the girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't get the quail. I can't get uh, the, the bird on mine. Well, you don't get the, you don't get to hit the quail. If you, if you hit shoot again, it'll take you back to the other screen. I, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Okay. There's something to keep you guys off the streets today. Okay. A little, uh, little uh, quail hunting with a bite, with a beep. On our website. Oh, I got the other hunter guy. All right. The best cartoon character of all time is, we have 771 votes today. We got a good shot in 1,000 again, I would think, by uh, 1130. Uh, Bugs Bunny, 147. No, okay. Homer Simpson, 89. Cartman from South Park, 85. Which, uh, you know, again, if you consider, I guess they are. I guess they're cartoon characters. Right. Right. But at the moment, only third, which you'd think they'd do better. Uh... Excuse me, but I do believe that's just ass. Okay. Yes. Wiley Coyote in the Roadrunner 51. Tom and Jerry 34. Oh, come on. Tom and Jerry? Yeah. Uh, Get out right. of here. Beavis and uh, Butthead 34. Rocky and Bullwinkle 31. Tom and Jerry 34. Rocky and Bullwinkle 31. See, there we go back again. Right. I don't even outrageous. know why I take the polls, because I always get agitated with the outcome. Don't and then, you know. Superman 28. Batman 26. Mickey Mouse 21. What about Mighty Mouse? Does anybody remember about Mighty Mouse? I do, sure. Oh, he's on here. I watched Mighty Mouse. He's on here. Charlie Brown and Snoopy, 19. I guess Mighty Mouse was Mickey with a cape, with a cape on. Charlie Brown, 16. Square Bob, Square Bob Sponge Pants, 15. Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble, 15. I guess you couldn't separate them, kind of like those two brothers on Supernatural. <laughs> oh, yeah, they slept in the same room with Wilma and what's-her-name. What was the other one? Betty. Betty. Scooby-Doo, 13. 11 for a Ren and Stimpy, Underdog, and Daffy Duck. Yeah, Daffy Duck was kind of cute. Speed Racer 10, Boris Badenoff, and uh, Natasha, what is it? Natasha what? Fatal. Oh, Fatal, 9, because my thing just skipped on me. Snoopy 8, Mighty Mouse 7, Popeye 7, Donald Duck 6. Well, that's pretty weak for old Donald. Mr. Magoo 6. Maybe they'd like Donald better if we played just a little bit of that bit that we certainly can't play. <laughs> what? Oh, just, just a little teeny tiny. Oh, just to to what you're oh my God, I feel so good. Okay, good. That's what we're here for, make you feel good. By the way, I think that's on the uh, the new disc, uh, the good. 30th anniversary. I don't care. I know. I don't want to hear about it. Maybe Mr. Magoo do. 6, I don't want to know about it. I want to hear about it. Felix the Cat 6, Woody Woodpecker 5. That's pretty weak for Woody Woodpecker. I think he'd do better than that. I guess I'd say that was Walter Lance. I wonder if he was kid to Mike Lance. My, my, my. Yeah. Yogi Bear and Boo Boo 5. Top Cat 5. Betty Boop 5. Daria, I have no idea who that is. It's an MTV show. It's uh, it's kind of wry, but it's all right. Four for Daria. I have no clue, and I don't want to know. Twitty and Sylvester, four. Dick Tracy, four. Only four people like Dick. Bobby Hill from King of the Hill, three. Fat Albert, three. Bart and uh, Lisa Simpson, three. Well, oh, I see. Okay. Quagmire from Family Guy, two. Porky Pig, two. Bill from Schoolhouse Rock, two. Gumby, two. Oh, this is going to go on forever. Woo. Well, I just want to make sure they know the ones we got on here. The Powderpuff Girls, too. Never heard of them. Joe Palooka, too. Andy Cap. Wonder Woman, one. Tom Terrific, one. George of the Jungle, one. Winnie the Pooh, one. Arthur, one. Heckle and Jekyll, one. I like Heckle and Jekyll a lot. And weren't they like, were they were magpies, right? Yes. Angel now play the beginning of that again. If that doesn't sound like the Olympic theme until it gets to a George of the Jungle. Play right. the beginning. Hang on, I gotta, uh, oh. get it back. Heckle and Jekyll, one. Angela, Angelica Pickles, one. None for Peter from Family Guy. Alvin the Chipmunk. Oh, come on, poor little Alvin. Here it comes. Right? Just the first, uh... That's it, that's it. 
Space Ghost, and Josie and the Pussycats, Gerald McBoing Boing, Pikachu, and Captain Marvel have none. Captain Marvel has none? What is wrong with you people, Shazam? Are you crazy or what? Good God. Aren't you, aren't you such shocked? Uh, that's a dated thing. You know, some of us grew up with Captain Marvel and other people didn't. I understand that, but if people remember Batman and, and Woody Woodpecker, or, a lot of these goes back. Well, I guess Woody, Wood, are they still making those cartoons? The Captain Marvel or the Woody Woodpecker? Woody Woodpecker. No. Walter Lance has been dead a long time. Yeah, yes, he has. I see. You know that story, though. Oh, about, my God. Are you Woodpecker. ready for this? An armed robbery at a family dollar store in Detroit. Isn't that, isn't that big national, international news on CNN? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Somebody needs to blow up that CNN building. I'm going to tell you that. Make sure Susan Candiotti and Jack Cafferty get out first. And make sure Rick Sanchez is still inside. In fact, then that, that's, in fact, he could be the only one inside. We'll pay for that. Him and Clarence. Remember, speaking of Dick Cheney and what a liar he is about everything. So why should this surprise anybody? Remember what he was telling us about the insurgency was in its waning days? He said, it's waning outside. Right. Everybody opened the window and looked out. And waning dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's waning dead men. A few large groups using sophisticated communications increasingly have come to dominate Iraq's insurgency, a report released yesterday said. Iraqi insurgency more confident and coordinated. That's the headline. The report from the International Crisis Group, a non-governmental organization that tries to solve conflicts, noted the insurgency no longer is a scattered, erratic, chaotic phenomenon. Groups are now well organized, produce regular publications, react rapidly to political developments, and appear surprisingly centralized, the report said. And all thanks to the Bushmeister and Cheney and all these other neocons, Rumsfeld and Wolfowitz and Richard Pearl and Lion Roland Colon and the Mushroom Cloud Counter Leaser. It noted the insurgency, predominantly Sunni Arab movement, has grown more confident, better organized, coordinated, and information savvy. That it has survived, even thrived, despite being vastly outnumbered and outgunned, suggests the limitations of the current counterinsurgency campaign, the report said. It adds that the insurgency emergence carries profound implications for policymakers. The report, in their own words, reading the Iraqi insurgency, used voluminous insurgent communications culled from websites, videos, tapes, leaflets, and a partridge in a pear tree, and stuff that was written scraps on the side of uh, palm trees. How do you like that? Mm -hmm. Isn't that exciting? It's in its waning, and that was months yeah. and months ago. It's all over. We, uh, we prevailed. We kicked their ass. Everything was great. When did we hook the big chew the oil fields, etc., and so on? And how can Halliburton get a piece of this action, too? This is Neil Rogers. Rock solid. This is 560 QAM. This is Katie Couric from the Today Show. When you see me every morning with my hair so shiny and bouncy, you may wonder, gee, Katie, how do you keep your hair so soft, manageable, and sexy? My secret? Clairol's new Olympic Pigeon Poo Shampoo. Every morning, I drop a quarter-sized dollop of pigeon poo on top of my head. Massage it in and rinse. So if you've watched overpaid egotistical talking heads on television just like me and wanted to look as beautiful as we are, well, your first step is to put a nice big glob of pigeon poo right here in your hair. See it? See how it's caked up in the part and now running right down my scalp? Take a look, America. I'll bet you're feeling more beautiful already. Join me, won't you? It's Clairol's new Olympic Pigeon Poo Shampoo. Just part of our new line of shampoos. Also featuring Larry Bird Poo Shampoo for men and Big Bird Poo Shampoo for kids. 1046 at QM. Boy, that Katie Couric. Is she a talent no. or what, huh? She just sends me. Well, she is short. And there you go. Well, I figures you'd like her. Cliff so says, put say. Heathcliff, uh, my favorite uh, cartoon kitty yeah. cat. Says I wonder Cliff. why, Cliff. Yeah, well, okay. 
Kingo thing for Cliff. We can there. find a, a tall Cliff and just keep walking. Thanks, Cliff. You're okay. Don't let George rip your ass unless uh, he feels like it. Five six seven oh five sixty. Oh, I'm not going to read this thing about Dick Cheney took full blame yesterday. Yada, yada, yada. I don't. I don't want to. Well, what's he going to say? Huh? I mean, no, I read the, the yeah. other articles. They rip him an ass. Doing everything about in his power to buddy where there were two right. women, not their wives. Uh-huh. John Nichols writes Cheney a beer or two and a gun in the nation. And then we also got uh, Mattia Gould in the L.A. Times. Critics slam Cheney's interview choice. I still I love that line by Jack Cafferty on CNN. The interview was a little bit like Bonnie interviewing Clyde. Brit Hume on Fox News interviewing your uh, shoot him up vice president. Brit Hume, a card-carrying, goose-stopping Nazi if there ever was one. Anyway, John Nichols says Vice President Dick Cheney, who was forced to leave Yale University because his penchant for late-night beer drinking exceeded his devotion to his studies. I can relate to that. And who's one of the small number of Americans who can count two drunk driving busts on his driving record, may have been doing more than hunting quail on the day he shot a Texas lawyer in the face. You know, that's interesting. Both the president and the vice president got this drunk driving. Mm -hmm. thing, right. you know yeah, yeah. I know it. Maybe that explains what's going on in the world today. Good excuse. Sure. Catherine Armstrong, the wealthy Republican lobbyist who's a member of the politically connected family that owns the ranch where Cheney blasted his hunting partner, acknowledged to a reporter for MSNBC that alcohol may have been served at a picnic which was served Saturday afternoon at the Dude Ranch where Cheney shot Harry Whittington. According to an MSNBC report that appeared briefly Tuesday on the network's website, Armstrong peddled a line that she didn't believe that alcohol played a part in the shooting accident, but she admitted there may be a beer or two in there, but remember, not everyone in the party was shooting. There may be a beer or two in there. In where? Huh? Underwear. Rectum. Oh. The MSNBC story, which appeared only briefly before the website was scrubbed for reasons not yet explained, has been kept alive by the able web investigators at rawstory.com and other progressive blogs. And so it should be, as the prospect that alcohol may have been involved in the text incident takes the story to a whole new direction. By any reasonable measure, Armstrong's attempts to downplay the presence of a beer or two raises more questions than it answers about an incident involving a vice president who, like George W. Bush, was a heavy drinker in his youth, but who, unlike Bush, never swore off the bottle. He never got off the sauce. As with her over-the-top efforts to blame Washington, the victim, for getting in the way of Cheney's birdshot blast, Armstrong's line on liquor smells a little more like an attempt to cover for the vice president than full disclosure. This is where the hunting accident incident becomes a serious matter. The role played by the Secret Service in preventing questioning of Cheney on the evening of the shooting becomes new, uh, takes on new significance. If Cheney was in any way impaired at the time of the shooting, it was certainly the vice president's advantage to put the official investigation off until the next morning. Cheney may be able to say unequivocally that he was not an impaired, in an impaired condition when he shot Whittington, but he does now need to start speaking to this precise issue and to all the other questions that have been raised. And no, it's not enough for the vice president to take a few softballs on Fox News, the administration's house network, as the White House crisis management team arranged for him to do at 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. When legitimate questions arise regarding the role that Secret Service might have played in undermining the investigation of a shooting in order to protect the vice president from embarrassment and possible legal charges, those issues have to be addressed fully and completely. And they must be addressed in a setting where reporters are able to press the notoriously cagey Cheney to actually answer all the questions that are asked. I don't know what you're about, Cheney. Up until now, the whole hunting accident controversy has been little more than a diversion for more serious matters involving Cheney, not least among these the investigation into whether the vice president authorized the release of classified information as part of a scheme to discredit critics of the administration's rush to war. But if Cheney used his Secret Service unit to prevent a necessary and proper official inquiry at a time when it might have uncovered relevant information regarding his condition when he shot a man, then the vice president has abused his office in a most serious manner. 
The prospect that such an abuse occurred requires Cheney and any White House aides who were involved in managing the story, put Karl Rove at the top of this list, to stop stonewalling and provide a detailed explanation of their actions in the hours that followed the shooting incident. This is certainly not the only issue in which the vice president needs to come clean, but it's no longer a joking matter. Or more precisely, it's no longer merely a joking matter. That's what John Nichols is in the nation. Good old John. You go, John. What are you calling KJ? And just in case anybody missed this yesterday, that Huffington uh, (laughs) (laughs) picture of that old toad Uh bitch that he was... uh, uh, What do you think? Fred McMurray? I can't think of anybody else uh, that comes close. A little, little Herman Munsterish, I would say. Kind of a cross between John Kerry, Herman Munster, and Fred McMurray with a bad piece. Anyway, uh, R. J. Esco on the Huffington Post wrote, Cheney's Chappaquiddick 2, The Real Story Emerges. We read this, I read this yesterday, but it's worth repeating. The real story is already emerging if you're willing to do a little digging. Cheney and Whittington went hunting with two women, not their wives. There was some drinking, and Whittington wound up shot. Armstrong didn't see the incident, but claimed she had. Cheney refused to be questioned by the sheriff until the next morning, and a born-again evangelical physician has been downplaying Whittington's injuries since they occurred. Neither the press nor law enforcement seems inclined to investigate. Before the right-wing commentators howl, there's documentation for all these statements. Let's take them one by one, says R.J. In addition to Cheney and Whittington, the hunting party included Catherine Armstrong, who was in the car at the time of the shooting. After lots of evasive comments that day only referred to a third hunter, we now know her identity, Pamela Williford, the U.S. ambassador to Switzerland, who looks just like uh, Fred McMurray. Then there was this Armstrong quote on MSNBC picked up by Fire Dog Lake, Lake later dutifully scrubbed but preserved on the Google cache, cache. There may be a beer or two in there, Armstrong said, but remember, not everyone in the party was shooting. Interestingly, Armstrong's playing with words here. She later said that she, Armstrong, hadn't had anything to drink, so at least one of the other three must have been drinking, and the other three were shooting. So while her statement was literally correct, not everyone was shooting, it gives the false impression that nobody drank and shot. Then there was this item, courtesy of Daily Kos. Armstrong said she saw Cheney's security detail running toward the scene. The first thing that crossed my mind was he had a heart problem, she told the A&P. In other words, she didn't see the accident. All of her statements, replete with colorful sidebars about getting peppered pretty good, give the false impression she was an eyewitness, which she absolutely was not. And what about Dr. David Blanchard, who made such light of Whittington's injuries? Before the heart attack occurred, Blanchard gave no indication that pellets had entered Whittington's torso or major uh, organs. We now know that at least one other pellet entered his liver. One in the heart, one in the liver. Hmm. I found an interesting quote, he says, after asserting that spiritual beliefs help people recover more quickly, which studies have suggested may be true, Blanchard said this to people with out-of-body and near-death experiences. These people do quite well in their disease processes, he said. The Lord wasn't quite ready for them yet. It makes believers out of them, like the monkeys, for example. It's likely that Blanchard is also the same Dr. David Blanchard who is listed as vice chairperson of World Hope International, a Christian evangelical aid group. Blanchard certainly entitled to his own beliefs, and World Hope International, if he's the same guy, has done some good work, albeit with a proselytizing, proselytizing bent. But most evangelicals in this country are ardent supporters of Bush-Cheney. This may explain the otherwise puzzling word choices Dr. Blanchard made to play down Whittington's injuries, especially before the heart attack that made it more difficult to do so. So was Cheney drinking? And was there anything in- inappropriate about this hunting party? We don't know, and nobody's investigating. There's reason to be suspicious. We do have the suggestion that drinking was taking place. We have inconsistencies in a pattern of deception Armstrong statements. We have a shooting injury that's far more serious than originally claimed, and a sheriff's department and national press that have already proclaimed the VP innocent of all wrongdoing. I was right to call this Cheney's Chappaquiddick. The parallels get stronger every day. Of course, Chappaquiddick happened almost 40 years ago, and Ted Kennedy turned his personal life around. Cheney's action happened this weekend. There's reason to be suspicious of the vice president's behavior, starting with the cover-up itself. They're trying to spin it just as badly as a badly handled case of press relations, but it could be a whole lot more than just that. Right? 
Right. And, of course, all the other lies about far more important things, but nevertheless. Yeah. This is the kind of crap, like I said the other day, people get all whipped up to a frenzy about. WQAM, hello. Daniel. Yes, sir. I got something for your poll. Yep. Uh, I thought Elmer Foot. Uh, Elmer Foot. How can we leave Elmer off of there? Yeah, uh, I think uh, uh, those yeah. rabbits and then shoot them in the head. Amen. Okay, thanks, Pally. Have a good one. You too. Elmer Fudd. Well, we really screwed up that on that. Well, we couldn't put them all on there because that takes the fun away from the audience. What else are we going to do? Elmer Fudd. Got a lot of things we left off. Actually, be forced to play 20 or 30 of those bits. This is Neil Rogers. Oh, this is 562 AM. Now, look at that. I almost played This Beer's For You. Yeah, and then what happened? No, I I just caught it, like, uh, just at the last second. As opposed to the other thing I was supposed to play at the top of the air. Well, I'm a little off my feed today. What the hell am I looking for? Elmer Fudd. Uh, something. That one? <laughs> no, I was thinking more like of this one. Hello. Hello. I was calling about the wabbits you have for sale in the paper. Okay. What kind of wabbits are they? Okay, I have some uh, lops. Yeah. And I have some lops, some spotted lops, and some solid colored lops. Oh, wonderful. And I have a, a straight ear doe, and I have two dwarfs. A widow dwarf? They're a small rabbit. Oh, okay. Uh, we have a farm, uh-huh. and we like to play with the rabbits on a farm. Uh, you wouldn't happen to have any, uh, like, little rabbit handcuffs? Any what? Little handcuffs for a rabbit. Handcuffs? Yes. I'm sorry, I never heard of them. What, uh... Well, you, we, we use them when we hunt them on the farm. We like to hunt the wabbits. And we take them and nail them to a tree by their ears and then skin them alive. Uh... There was. Hello? Uh, no, I, I, if that's what you're going to do at these rabbits, sir, I couldn't say you're a rabbit. Well, we, we have a little game we play called All Wabbits Must Die. No, sir, no, sir, no, sir. Uh, I wouldn't say you a rabbit uh, for $50. I like to hunt the rabbit. Well, that's okay. You you go out in the wild and you hunt rabbits, but these aren't for kill. I'd like to put them in a little pen and then hunt them down unmercifully. No, sir, I'm sorry. Couldn't say you a rabbit. Sometimes we even spear them through the head with a rusty water. <laughs> Maybe that's what the vice president would like to do. Put them in a pen, out of one of those phony uh, hunting expeditions, and uh, hunt them down mercilessly. Uh, yeah, that's that's what they do. 1102 at 560 WQM. I don't think I'm going to make it to my 30th anniversary. What's the date today, the uh, 16th? I doubt it. Yeah. Ever, like uh, two weeks from yesterday? I'm well, you got that it. vacation coming up. Well, whatever. Uh, critics slam Cheney's interview choice. Yeah. For days, the White House News Corps has pounded the Bush administration, demanding to learn more about Vice President Dick Cheney's accidental shooting of a hunting companion Saturday. Chainley finally addressed the incident yesterday, but the form in which he chose to do so in an exclusive interview with Fox News host Brett Hume quickly became another source of contention. Fox News executives cast the scoop as a result of persistence and the growing clout of the top-rated cable news network. We've been after the vice president. <laughs> Sorry. We've been after the vice president since Sunday, as everyone has, and our efforts paid off, said John Moody. Oh, that couldn't be the same John Moody that drives at Windsor and Hazel Park, could it? I doubt it. John Moody, Fox's senior vice president for news editorial. I think he wanted to make sure he got a fair interview and a good interview, <laughs> good in the sense of thorough, and Britt is sort of the preeminent journalist in Washington right now. That's what Hermann Gehring would tell you, and Joseph Goebbels, and uh, George Goebbels. 
But some Democrats and competing broadcasters charge that Cheney chose to speak only with Fox News because of a perception that cable, the cable channel is sympathetic to the Republican administration. A perception, right. They called for the vice president to hold a news conference with the rest of the media. Now that he feels uh, forced to talk, he wants to restrict the discussion to a friendly news outlet, guaranteeing no hard questions from the press corps. Senator Frank Lautenberg, Democrat of New Jersey, said in a statement. On CNN, commentator Jack Cafferty called the interview a little bit like Bonnie interviewing Clyde. I mean, running over to the Fox network talking about seeking a safe haven. The interview came after days of sniping between the White House News Corps and White House Press Secretary Scott McClellan over why news of the hunting accident wasn't released earlier to the national media. Supporters of Cheney called it a non-issue that was only of interest to the media itself. Right. Although Fox News is known for its outspoken conservative commentators, network officials reject the idea that partisanship creeps into its coverage. <laughs> what we try to do is not shut out any points of view, Moody said. Cheney wouldn't have come to Brit Hume if he wanted a softball interview, he added, calling the criticism sour grapes. Fox News sought to make the most of its exclusive on Wednesday, airing excerpts of the interview throughout the afternoon during an appearance on Studio B with Shepard Smith. You fairy! Hume previewed the highlights of Cheney's comments, even as he questioned whether the public was as upset as the White House News Corps about the administration's handling of the incident. If my email is any guide and the things I'm hearing from just people in the street that you talk to and people you know, I don't think that much of the nation feels especially deprived and that they found out about this on Sunday afternoon or evening instead of Saturday night or Saturday morning, Sunday morning, Hume said. What a sense of humor he's got, huh? A real laugh riot. Sense of humor? Yeah, that's what I said. That... The best cartoon character of all time. I'm reading only the uh, top few. Bugs Bunny, 185. Homer Simpson, 101. Cartman from South Park, 96. Willie Wiley, Coyote, and Roadrunner, 60. Beavis and Butthead, 38. Tom and Jerry, 36. And the Rocky and Bullwinkle, 36. Superman, 32. And Batman's got... About 30, man! So far. Now, Arianna Huffington, who's huffing and puffing as hard as she can, says... Cheney talks, the cover-up continues. I don't want to read more than like two, three hundred of these stories. No, this is the last one, I think. Because like I said, there's so many bigger fish to fry where it comes to these grave-robbing butchers and murderers. But this is the kind of thing that gets everybody whipped up into a frenzy, including the media. Ariana says, watching Dead-Eye Dick Cheney break his silence on Fox, I kept thinking, this is what it looks like when a man who's used to getting away with covering up the truth finally has to explain himself. He did a lousy job, especially on the key question of why it took so long to let the public know. He offered a host of reasons for the 18-hour delay. He was more concerned with taking care of his friend than about notifying the press. He wanted to make sure Whittington's family got the news before it hit the airwaves. He didn't know for sure what kind of shape Harry was in. You need to really wait and nail it down. And he wanted to make sure the complicated story was given to a reporter with some degree of understanding, as opposed to the first reporter Captain Armstrong spoke to, who didn't now know the difference between a rifle bullet and a shotgun. Of course, none of these explanations explains the 18-hour delay or would have precluded the release of a simple announcement. Even Brett Hume was having a hard time buying into the vice president's justifications. Hume, there's one thing we've all learned over the last several decades is that if something like this happens, as a rule, sooner is better. Cheney, well, if it's accurate, if it's accurate, and this is a complicated story. Hume, but there were some things, you know. I mean, you knew the man had been shot. You knew he was injured. You knew he was in the hospital. You knew you'd shot him. Cheney, correct. Nevertheless... Cheney insisted that keeping the story under wraps for so long was the right call and that he's comfortable with the way he did it, obviously. Obviously, one good thing about your conscience no longer functioning is that you're comfortable with everything, especially with whitewashing the truth. That's what Todd Drex says. So taking a page from Orwell, Cheney assured us again and again that by keeping the story hidden, he was only trying to make sure the truth got out. Indeed, he used the words accurate and accuracy eight times in a short chat with Hume. Never has accuracy been invoked more in the name of inaccuracy. Watching Cheney continue the shooting story cover-up reminded me of my own experience with being stonewalled by the vice president and staff this summer when I stumbled upon the story that Cheney, while in veil for a speech, had been taken to the hospital for an EKG. 
Check out the four posts I did in the story here, here, and here. She got four links to check. And you'll see a similar pattern to the way the much bigger shooting story has been handled. In Vail, over the space of 48 hours, I got three different stories. First, denial that Cheney was ever at the hospital. Second, an acknowledgment that he was at the hospital after all, but only for an old knee injury. And third, that he was checked for the knee injury and afterward was taken to the cardiac unit to have an EKG, but only prophylactically. He was taken there and they gave him a prophylactic enema. In Texas, Team Cheney went from saying nothing to having the story brought out in a way that, minimized, that maximized the administration's control over it to another round of silence to finally give an exclusive, though far from forthcoming, interview to a partisan outlet. The constantly shifting explanations at multiple levels of denial are utterly familiar as the refusal to level with the American people. P.S. The human interview contained a pair of TiVo-worthy moments that left me wondering, did I really hear that? And reaching for the replay button. TiVo, TiVo moment number one. After Cheney walked Hume through the specifics of the shooting, including a cataloging of Whittington's injuries, he was struck in the right side of his face, his neck, and his upper torso on the right side of his body. Hume inexplicably followed up with his jaw dropper. And I take it you missed the bird? <laughs> the vice president has just painted a verbal picture of blasting his friend in the face, and Britt is wondering about the bird? Did you say to the bird? <laughs> TiVo moment number two. Hume asked Cheney if the shooting will affect your attitude toward this pastime you so love in the future. Cheney, I can't say that. You know, we canceled the Sunday hunt. I said, look, I'm not. We're scheduled to go out again Sunday. I said, I'm not going to go on Sunday. I want to focus on Harry. Wow, how many guys out there be willing to cancel a Sunday hunt to focus on the fate of the man they just blasted in the face with birdshot? Not many. Self-sacrifice in the face of overwhelming temptation. That's Dick Cheney for you. <laughs> you go, Ariana. Wow. <laughs> Look at those phones, baby. Dead as a doornail. Wow. Yeah. I was getting ready to like, go into a whole news. slew of them, you know what? No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. Were you? Well, why the hell not? Well, because I thought you had more of these uh, stories about Dick. No, I, well, I do have one, but it's not about that, though. It's about Cheney says he has the power to declassify information. He, he just makes it up as he goes along. You know? Well, you know. Uh, right. You He's Katie. got lots of tourists, baby. He's got lots of issues. Lots of issues. I mean, take a look at all of it, man. You got Scooter Libby Gate. You got mm -hmm. Jack Abramoff Gate. You got Duke Cunningham Gate. You got uh, Tom Delay Gate. You got this uh, Birdshot Gate. You got Iraq Gate. Iran Gate. Condoleezza Gate. Mushroom Cloud Gate. Iraculate. And all these. There was one other I was thinking, but Joyce wouldn't approve. Gesticulate. Right. The best card. Well, I'm not going to read the whole list. It's, it's unfortunate when we do a poll. We've got 9-11, though, on here. Uh oh Isn't that interesting? 9-11. 911 votes. Hmm. You think there's something symbolic about that? No. Nope. Oh. I sure would like to find out where Clarence is right now. WQAM, hello. I'm so wild about Harry, and Harry's wild about... WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how's it going, buddy? Okay, sir. Here's, here's what pisses me off about the whole thing. Okay, the exact same thing happened to me, okay? I was hunting with some friends, and I uh, got caught hunting without a, uh, a stamp, and the game warden came and took my gun away. They locked me up. I went to court. They took my hunting license away for a year, and I had to pay a $3,000 fine, and mm -hmm. I didn't shoot nobody. Well, that'll teach you not to do it again, I guess. Quit poaching. Yeah, quit being a poacher, okay? In other words, uh, you know, just because Cheney got off because he's the VP, this guy right. he wants to go out there and have a stamp. How about like a, a 37 cent stamp? Or is it 39 now? I get confused. I don't know. You people at the post office, by the way, heck of a job. 
Twelve minutes after eleven at five sixty WQM, almost as good as the people at some of the other. Well, I don't want to get to go there. Oh, right? speaking of a uh, post office, uh, yes. on a related note, the email. I'm finding out that um, my emails aren't going out for some reason. Tommy tried to send me an email from the building here yesterday. I never got it. Uh, Joe never got the email I sent him this morning, so I think or the one I sent because it got returned. Right, so we're having problems re- sending and receiving emails uh, here in the building. Just thought you might want to know. I see, but just in the building, because all my other emails are just fine. Uh, yes. And how come I got the email at 423 yesterday from Clarence? Apparently it's sporadic. Oh, I see. It's like everything else. Right. Kind of like uh, certain kinds of service are sporadic. Some days you got it and some days you don't. Oh, but it's these, yes. In fact, most of the time you don't. Uh, 12 minutes uh, after 11 at 560 WQM, we got Geldy at 2 this afternoon. Wow, what a uh, treat that's going to be. Mad Dog at 4, then that Hurricane basketball, childish crap, and Eddie K after the basketball game tonight. And I'll tell you what, the Emerald Coast continues to uh, set people's ears on end. You ever have your ear on, rear on end? Just now. Emerald Coast is Florida's number one Asian gourmet buffet, as rated by as you get restaurant review. And now every Friday through Sunday night at the Emerald Coast, enjoy delicious lobster fest featuring Maine lobster served Thermidor style. Or is that enjoy lobster fest featuring delicious Maine lobster served Thermidor style? No matter how you slice it, it melts in your mouth. And every night is Crab Fest with Alaskan Snow Crab Legs, Dungeness Crab, and Jonah Stone Crabs. The menu still includes fresh oysters on a half shell and a sushi bar About 30, man. with over 30 different items. The Emerald Coast also serves juicy, delicious, succulent New York steaks cooked just the way you like them to your order and hand-carved prime rib and zillions of Chinese nutter delights as well on that menu. Man, everything is fresh and delish. And on the weekends for dessert, leave room for the Emerald Coast's famous 40-inch chocolate fountain. You can end up your own strawberries in that thing, marshmallows, stick all kinds of decadent treats in there, and people will just be breathless watching you eat those things down. Check out their new all-you-can-eat sushi bar featuring sashimi, tuna tataki, over 20 different types of sushi rolls, and much more. The Emerald Coast has got three convenient locations for you. You'll find them in Sunrise, Sunny Isles Beach, and prestigious Pembroke Pines. Reservations suggested. You want a real pig out, man. If you're, like, frustrated because you work with a bunch of idiots, if you're frustrated because people lie and cheat, and uh, and you just want to go and just eat yourself into oblivion, this is the place to do it. The Emerald Coast. For reservations, call 954-572-3822. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560-QAM. Rogers got. I'm dying over here. Absolutely. Anybody here seen Jack Abramov in his orange jumpsuit and fedora? He screwed a lot of people, but thieves sometimes get caught. I thought in variety, the old Anybody here seen good Christian doctrine? Be more around her time. He's not convicted yet, but should be for he's done. Taking a shower with his son. Neighbors and lies is what the White House is paid for. Or it is Christians who know what's for you and me, neighbor of all that He was in some deep 
has been listening since my first day on WKAT, March 1st, 1976. Oh, my God, Stan, you must be an old fart like me. But anyway, his, it says, thanks so much for promoting Firefox. My grandson, Blake Ross, invented it. Mm-hmm. We like that guy. By the way, Ross Marlowe's off Guiding Light. He's on other soap now like everybody else on that show. What a joke. Anyway, um, can you believe this? Yeah, I believe it. Blake has started a new company and has a new invention, which will be on the market shortly. Please read his website, Blake Ross. Dot com and his blog, look under Schmutz. You'll have a good laugh. I wonder if that's um, Brian Schmutz. We got one guy in our sales department just came back, a great guy, Brian Schmutz. He's a real salesperson, and we like him a lot, and he's a uh, real guy. Anybody else I'm missing? No. Let me think about it. Is uh, I guess Billy's long gone, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what about, uh, I guess, Beth is still there, huh? Of course, she just started. Right, she just started. And don't forget, and of course, you are not alone, guys. And, of course, Muff. Uh, he's re- hey, Muff, if you send me one more email today, I'm going to come there personally and blow your brains out, okay? You're a good guy, but leave me alone already. You know, that this this radio station, this is a prediction. Will put me in an early grave. That guy that called a couple times and wants to know when I'm going to die so he can come and, uh, you know, honor me at my funeral, I'm going to be giving you a date sometime in the next few days. Because this station is well on the way to putting me in an early grave. So it's, just, it's just the way they do things, okay? Like I said, and of course you and Hank are mesmerized. Now I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy that you're happy. That's good. I'm not. Because they're just little things that don't require... We don't require convening the United Nations, having a big committee meeting, calling in all the uh, board of directors of the Beasley Broadcasting, BBG, I, 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 I. It's just, just like, uh, just do it. You know, just have somebody do it. Just sit somebody's ass down and say, get this done. Who did Moe, Neil Rogers, or uh, Clarence Darrow, you know? Get this done. It's not personal. It's business. You know what I mean? What do you mean? In other words, uh, we, we can't afford a part-time program director. This business about Jefferson pilot across the street and auto, autopilot here, that's just, it, it don't work for me, you know? It, it's not uh, personal. It's business. You're taking us very personal. See, exactly. That's got nothing to do with that. Anyway. Uh, Stan says he's listened to the very first day of KAT. We had a lot of conversations at Mark Light Stadium during the uh, UM baseball games that I broadcast so brilliantly for six seasons. Thanks a lot, Stan. Good health to you. And happy uh, Purim. When the hell is Purim already? Are you ever going to tell me, or are you going to have that Goyesha cup there keep looking on the calendar? Who can't tell me? It doesn't say on the calendar. I beg your pardon? Yes, it does. You're just not looking. I'm going well, to get up and look. Here, you, Why uh, can't you just Google it? P-U-R-I-M. Purim. Because it's a Goyesha belt. Yeah, Purim rhymes with Goyim. Okay, Purim. Now, it's not a very important holiday. In fact, there are no important holidays, uh, except that people make a big simus out of them. But, uh, it's, it's just that we get to home and Tosh, then. Not that I'm going to be eating any. I probably, I mean, not that there aren't a lot of Jews here, but I just don't know where there are any delis here that will be selling home and Tosh. And that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad I don't know where to find them. Well, maybe in Dominion. You think the supermarket would have home and Tosh in it for them? They got a, oh, my God. They have a bakery uh, department in the Dominion supermarkets here. 314.06. March 14. They got plenty of time. Less than a month away. And a market on the calendar there. They got uh, baked goods. What I do is I take my shopping cart when I go over there, and uh, I just walk through there. I I don't look. I just just smell the aroma, like those chocolate chip cookies I was sniffing the other day. Yeah. Sometimes you're better off. You come across something really good, just (laughs) sniff it, and then just keep moving, you know? It's probably a good idea. Right. Five, six, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give these calls, uh, phone numbers one more time, but there's something going on out there today. 
I guess we've got right. every cartoon character in the world, and if it's I, not a pole-building thing, they got nothing to say about nothing, you know? Well, we don't. Very we sad. left them off on purpose. I beg your pardon? Yeah, of course them. we left out, like, even Elmer Fudd, for crying uh, out loud. Uh, 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 That's right, which gave me a good excuse to play that bit. A bunch of others, too, if I could ever find them. Very demoralizing. What's this cartoon here? Oh, it's something about the schmott heads. Well, that's good. I don't have time to be reading cartoons. It's probably something offensive to my good Muslim friends, if I had any. Without a doubt, it's a Muhammad and know. Jesus together. Oh, boy. There you go. Having Muhammad, adventures. Jesus, Abraham, Solomon, right. Martin, and John. Abraham, Dobson, and Tom. And, and you're sending me war cartoons. Two pages of it. I'm going back to bed. I really am. Why are you doing this? First, you send me that iodine thing, and now you're sending me freaking cartoons. Yeah, they were funny. I, I, but I don't have time to read them, don't you understand? Well, then you put them to the side. You I don't want to put them to the side. I'm going to wipe my ass with them. How's that? With Muhammad? Oh, jeez. You said that. I was thinking more of Jesus. All right. WQAM, hello. Yeah, hi. Uh, Neil. Yeah. Alfred E. Newman. Good one. And uh, who, who would have ever known that he'd someday become president? Exactly. And what, uh, on that note, what scares me the most is the 39% that still think he's doing a good job. Yeah. Where do they find those people? Well, I know where they find him, like in Texas and Alabama and Arkansas and Oklahoma. That's where that, they find him. That's and, of course, scary. And, of course, in uh, the Panhandle in Florida and over there in Tampa and uh, Lutz and Temple Terrace. That's where they find those people. It's like, it's like uh, Stephen Wright said, uh, he's traveled across the country. He'd rather be on the edges. Don't forget, there's a lot of trailer parks in the USA. Oh, terrible. Take care, Bye-bye. Alfred E. Newman, you got it? We he got should it. go zooming up that list. What? Me worry? Right. Excellent point. Ever see Ross Perot and Alfred E. Newman together? No, now that you mention it. WQAM, hello. We're down over there in Tampa. QAM. Hey, yeah, I'd like to speak to Neil, please. Speaking. Neil, how you doing? Yeah, good. Hey, uh, listen, uh, two things. Uh, I'd like to vote on uh, Peabody and Sherman. Oh, good. Excellent choices. And uh, I can't wait for Saturday to see Saturday Night Live when they do a thing about Shaney. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Colin. Bye. Uh, Peabody and who? Sherman. Oh, and Sherman. Now, now that was a offshoot of, well, not, it maybe a, it wasn't it was really. A, a, no, it was part of the show, Rocky It Bowling. was part of Bullwinkle? Yes. But still, they're different characters, though. Absolutely. You know, I mean, they had different little... Natasha and uh, Schmendrick on there. We right. can certainly have that. But, you know, but, during the show, nice. they had uh, of Fairy Tales. It's not that big of a book. It's a paperback, although it is, uh, I don't know, 260 pages, so it's not that small. It's, you know, a sizable paperback. Welcome, Foolish Mortals, The Life and Voices of Paul Fries. Like this With one for Forward by June Foray. There you go. Who's not on there? Dudley Do-Right? Right. You don't have Dudley Do-Right. Let's get him on there right away. Hey, listen, I know my bullwinkle, man. You're messing with the wrong guy. Yeah, I know you know your bull. Winkle. Winkle. This is a great book. Thanks again, Chicken Act, for this book. This is really good. And this guy was very talented. All these people were talented. And the sad part of it is, other than June Foray, they're all dead. Hans Conried, Dawes Butler, Bill Scott, Bill Conrad, William Conrad, and now, of course, um, Paul Fries. They're all dead. We did all those voices for uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle and Dudley Do-Right and Dudley Do-Wrong, et cetera, and so on. Maybe uh, Clarence could take do the voice for Dudley Do-Wrong. He sure got a lot of practice. Seriously, I would like to take a... You know, you had told me you had a flat tire this morning? Yeah. I'd like to take the crowbar out of your trunk. Mm-hmm. The tire iron. The tire, tire iron be good, too. <laughs> and just shove that thing uh, inside Clarence's body and, like, spin it around a few times. Give an old airplane spin with that tire iron and see if that'll, like, grind any sense in his ass. I don't want to have four this is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QA. You drudge packing?
Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, is it true that you as White House counsel wrote the memo which basically okays the use of non-traditional interrogation of combatants, uh, a.k.a. torture, to gather information? Oh, that is not correct, Senator. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, would you like a minute to think about that answer? No, Senator. Uh, I okay, one more time, Mr. Gonzalez. I never... Now, before I release the dog, Mr. Gonzalez, may I suggest if you like your family jewels in one piece... Senator, I never... Okay, 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 I did it, I did it, I did it. Okay. okay. Yeah, now, wasn't that easy? No. Yes, give me, yes, give me, yes. Okay, now, let's move on to your stand on Roe v. Wade. Can I have the jumper cables moved a little lower, please? Thank you. You're welcome. 27 before noon at 560 WQM. We got Gelder, you two, Mad Dog at four. And after that, uh, watch some TV. Uh, Jay, who's really getting on my nerves with his factions lately, this is another one of these guys who set himself up now as a, um, he's the critiquer, you know, of uh, everything in the world, including the show. Mm -hmm. uh, the so-called Fox News interview with Dick Cheney was an abomination. Well, we already know that. You know, overstating the obvious that we already know. And then he says at the end, P.S., today's poll is weak. Now, if the poll was weak, in fact, we had one, I forget which one it was, and I said myself, I don't like this poll. It's pretty, remember that? Mm -hmm. yeah. A week or two ago? Uh, there's nothing weak about this poll at all. It's a well, fine poll. It is a fine poll, and they can't all be spectacular. No, no, uh, they're, they're, it's not. It's not. It's not spectacular, which most of them aren't spectacular. But it's it's uh, just fine. How many and polls? And it's not one that I think I've ever done before. I don't believe right. I have. I don't in addition to which, there's 970 votes, and it's only 11:30. We almost got a thousand votes, and I didn't put this on here until about 10 o'clock last night. So evidently, enough people out there seem to think it's uh, you know even though it's just for fun, they can't all be let's save the world from evildoers polls or uh, how much do you hate uh, George Bush and Dick Cheney polls because it gets a little bit redundant. Uh, so there you go, Jay. Get your own show. Is it weaker than the poll suggestion Jay faxed in? Which is what? He didn't fax one in. That's the oh, point. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it's that's really right. easy to say it's weak. What do you got, Jay? Yeah, yeah, what, what do you got, Jay, Mr. Hotshot? Today's poll is weak. What kind of a poll are you got? I can only imagine what you got and where it is, but nevertheless. Rick in West Palm says, for today's poll, how about that sexy Jessica from the Roger Rabbit movie? Jessica. All right, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Uh, and then he's got a couple of poll ideas, unlike Jay, who doesn't have any. Other than just restating the obvious about the uh, Cheney uh, appearance on a fascist news network. The most boring and coma-inducing Olympic event, my Ooh. vote would be curling. Well, curling's certainly right up there. Eh? <laughs> That's the funniest one. What are you talking yes. about? I mean, and the best part of it is, I think a couple of days ago, I think on a local channel here, I think the Swedish women beat the Canadian women uh, in curling, which, boy, you talk about a national embarrassment. <laughs> I mean, if the Canadians can't even win in curling, then what the hell hope is there for the human race, eh? Uh, also, what a, see, I would I would do that poll except for the fact that I don't watch the Olympics and I don't care yeah. about the Olympics and I really don't care to deal with people who do watch the Olympics because it's a bunch of caca. I mean, besides speed Now I can see the that. Summer Olympics because the Summer Olympics there's a lot of hot people uh, dressed in very tight outfits and a lot of yeah. almost naked swimmers and oh, divers yeah, and things like, like that. Swimmers and the divers. That's correct, and the gymnasts as well. Me too. I like the like Mitch Gaylord. Remember Mitch Gaylord? I'm sure like, you do. He was one of the great actors, by the way, of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I heard he was. Ameri remember the movie American Anthem? Yeah. Now, you see, I hey. can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I can remember American Anthem with Miss Gaylord. That the... should tell you where my brain is. Hey. Who, is the, who is the female in that movie? I have no idea. Sure you do. Janet Jones, not yet Gretzky. Oh. How do you like really? that? Really? Yeah. Want to bet? Okay. Rick says, what about people you would like to send on a hunting trip with Dick Cheney? Well, we're not going to do that poll either because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt who would win that one hands down. We don't need any knocking right, right. on the door over there in the studio and the building and et cetera and so on. So thanks, thanks anyway, though, Rick. At least Rick is uh, making an attempt, you know, as opposed to just saying, today's poll is weak. There's not a damn weak thing about it, okay? In fact, a lot of these cartoon characters on here give us a lot more enjoyment than your silly-ass stupid facts, Jay. 
How do you like that? I guess Jay caught me on the wrong day, because I'm really surly, in case uh, you hadn't noticed. Uh, no, I hadn't. No. Got right by me. Well, no, you know, this, this business about all the problems that we got here today at, uh, at uh, Auto Nation Radio, or Auto Pilot Radio, uh, and not going to get solved in a month. I realize that, but we'd like yeah. to get something going, you know, beside that sales department, because the sales isn't going to put any more money in my pocket, and I really have serious doubts it's going to put any more money in yours. And as far as Josh is concerned, you know, I got lied to about that as well. So, you know, all the way around, three for three, even Babe Ruth never batted a 1,000. So your guys are doing all that well by me. But I'll talk to him again this afternoon, and we'll, bada beep, bada boop, bada you know. Because I don't think that I have brought up a whole bunch of issues. You know what I'm saying? What are you saying? In other words, I haven't expected anybody to have a miracle worker to undo the mess that Greg Reed has left behind on the floors and on the walls and in the vents and in your uh, in the innards of your uh, existence. Rectum. Right. I don't think I've expected that. Even a miracle worker couldn't do that. But when there's just one isolated incident, and of course, it's kind of hard to solve any issues when there's nobody to talk to about them. You try to email somebody, the emails don't go through. You try to get a hold of somebody, they're nowhere to be found. See, I'm going to take a page out of the rest of my colleagues on this radio station. I'm going to do next time Todd Direct comes to me with some proposition for me to endorse, to uh, talk about, to uh, so he can make some money in his fat-ass pocket. You know what I'm going to tell him? Three little words. You know what those words are? What? I don't wanna. Got my good friend Todd Direct, little f- midget. Yeah. I don't wanna. Those are the three words. Anything you bring into this studio, anything that you bring uh, on, on the table for me to consider, I don't wanna. How's that, Todd? There you go. Simple as that. Cheney says he has the power to declassify information. Oh, we're back to old Dick again. Vice President Dick Cheney said yesterday that an executive order gives him the authority to declassify secret documents, but he wouldn't say whether he authorized an indicted former aide to release classified information. Cheney's former chief of staff, Scooter Luby, uh, Luby, told a grand jury he was authorized by a superior to disclose classified information from an intelligence estimate on Iraq to reporters, the special prosecutor investigating the 2003... Oh, this, this, whoever writes these things, man, just so verbose. God. In that interview with Fox News last night, Cheney said the case was nothing I can talk about. But he said he had the authority to declassify material under an executive order that focuses first and foremost on the president, but also includes the vice president, as if we don't know which one is really which. He wouldn't disclose whether he had exercised that authority, however. And it goes on and on about Scooter Libby, bada beep, bada boop, bada boop, all this other crap. I say put his ass in jail is what I say for Dick Cheney right now. And then we'll start making up a whole bunch of charges, and all of them will be true anyway. Just let's, let's run all those clips back to back inside by each of him on them talking head Sunday morning shows, uh-huh. lying through his teeth about uh, Sodom and uh, Al-Qaeda and about the uh, weapons of mass destruction and about the uh, connections between the Iraqis and 9-11. All these lies. And, of course, then about the waning uh, days for the uh, insurgency, which is months and months ago. And now they're bigger and stronger and more dangerous than ever. And people are dying over there every single day by the zillions, including about 2,250 American soldiers by now. But then, you know. Those are the, that's the same military that he, of course, and his buddy, his bunk-butt buddy, were uh, you know, doing everything in their power to avoid serving, and, and rightfully so, in their case, did. Because, like that article yesterday said, he would have been a disaster in Vietnam, probably would have shot up an extra 50 American soldiers, as if 58,000 wasn't enough. 20 till noon at QM. Now, let's see, that poll that Jay doesn't like so much, it's weak. You're weak, okay? Guys like you, Mr. Critic, Mr. That's why South Florida blows, man. That's why so many people want to get the hell out of there, because of people like you, Jay. Everything isn't good enough for you. The price is right, okay? How about if we send you 100 bucks in the mail? How's that? Call up uh, Gretzky's wife. Hey. We've got plenty of loose change laying around. In fact, we got 995 votes. When we come back from the break, we'll be over 1,000 votes on his poll, which for this time of the day is staggering. Even Josh can't believe it. Even I can't he's believe. like almost breathless in his green uh, outfit. 
The best car. I'm only going to read the ones with a lot of votes. There's only four, like, in the running. The best cartoon character of all time, Bugs Bunny, 183. Homer Simpson, 112. Cartman from South Park, 103. And really, there's only three in the running, those three. There's only one in the running. And he's running fast with that carrot in his mouth. Wiley Cody and Roadrunner, 68. Beavis and Butthead, 42. Tom and Jerry, 40. And Bullwinkle, 40. Superman, 37. Batman, 35. Captain Marvel get anything? Uh, none. Oh. Shazam. Yeah. My God, even, uh, what's his name? Was a big Captain Marvel fan. Jim Neighbors. That's what I just played. Here we, here we go again. Come on, where are you? Oops, sorry. <laughs> I'm so glad to see it's not only me. Oh, I, I could barely hear that. Do it again. That's all right. It's just like, Sam. 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 Sam Shazam. Now, did I dream that he died, or is he still alive, Jim Neighbors? No, he, he's still alive. It was his boyfriend that died. No, no, I'm not talking about Rock Hudson. I mean, Jim Neighbors is still alive? Yeah. Jesus Christ. This is Neil Rogers. This is 550 I'm going through Gavelscon like Pez. Absolutely. I got the uh, quail hunt to work. Oh, very Big good. Big Cheney quail hunt, yeah. And the only problem is that I picked off whoever was on the right of that group there. <laughs> yeah. Game over. Somehow you managed to miss the quail. Better luck next time. Feel free to hit reload or refresh. Try again. This time with slightly slightly better aim. Yeah, I got everybody eventually. This is a hoot. Oh, you got them all? Oh, yeah. You know what they say at the White House? When in doubt, wipe them out. I did. You either with or against it. 1,024 votes, Jay. How do you like that? Way over the 1,000 mark. It's not even noon yet. Isn't that amazing? Pretty amazing for a weak poll like this. Yeah, for a very weak poll. I think it's uh, childish and, uh, you know, it's just not, not important. It's not one of the polls that when the history of the human race is written, they'll say, wow, February 16, 2006. Did you hear that? Did you see that? Did you see that brilliant fact from Jay? Hey, Jay, I got a suggestion for you. Okay, let's see. Five, five words. Blow it out your ass. So Dick Cheney would say. What are you calling, KG? WQAM, hello. No, I speak to Neil. Speaking. Hey, Neil. Uh, just wondering, did you have uh, Tom and Jerry on the poll? Tom and Jerry are on there, and they're doing uh, not too bad. They got 40, uh, some, 40 votes. Oh, okay. Uh, in my opinion, that was the best. That was the I best? Just, yeah, oh, yeah. My kids still watch it today. Okay. I guess I'm just out of touch with Tom and Jerry. <laughs> right. Thanks, Pally. Thanks, buddy. Do you watch Tom and Jerry? I, mean, uh, I watched it when I, I was I don't a watch kid, cartoons anyway, unless you count South Park see, as, as you, a cartoon. Uh, as you get older... 
Yes. You know, you realize there's a difference between stuff that was good enough when you were a kid and stuff that stands the test of time. Oh, not, not this year. That's bad. Like Rocky and Bullwinkle, for example, is always funny no matter how old you get. Yeah. Bugs Bunny cartoons. But Tom and Jerry, you know, I watched it again years later, and it was like, oh, look at that. Excuse hurt me, but I do believe that sucks ass. Yeah, oh. it did. Okay. Well, that's what he's saying about it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. In fact, if we had to choose those upper ones there, I would vote for Carmen, certainly first ahead of sure. Bugs Bunny and Homer Simpson. As far as just for laughs. Oh, I just... Uh, right. Genius. You can't even describe it. It's so hysterical. Especially when Tom and uh, John Revolta get together in a closet. There. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is really what the Scientologists believe. And that, that was great, the way they kept putting it on the screen. Like, well, we know you're laughing at this, but guess what? This is really what they believe. They believe this. Alien yes. overlord Zenu. Mm. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes. Is this Neil? Sounds like me. Sweet. Yo, Neil, you have to have Master Shake on your poll. Master Shakey shaking it? Do you know who it is? No. No, Aquatine Hunger Force. Oh, okay. So throw it on. Thank okay, you. thanks. Put it on there. Throw it on. There we are. I haven't watched Aquatine Hunger Force. I'm sorry. I apologize sorry, for it. It's like 3 in the morning, for Christ's sake. Am I allowed to uh, take a pass on that? You can You can pass. I mean, I'd rather watch the it's, supernatural myself. It's good, but... See, yeah. when you get to be my age, you're not really that much into cartoon characters anymore. You're more into like, living and breathing well, people. Like... Get with it, Pops. Right. Oh, I, I'm with it. Believe me. Except when I'm uh, with this place. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you're, you're laughing. I'm not exaggerating. Hey, what are you going to do? This just never ends. It Either just laugh or cry. It's a never-ending experience. You know, we're not talking about rocket science. We're not talking about uh, asking for the moon with green cheese on it. We're not asking to reinvent the, uh, the uh, transmitter to go 8 million watts to give us a 90 share and a $50 million bonus. I mean, all of those things would be nice, but nobody's asking for that. Just a little, you know, you know what really cracks me up is this situation, which I can't go into the details on here, but I was asked yesterday, it was kind of an offer you can't refuse, do it for Joe, the new boss. Do, do this for, okay, so I did it. And what do I get in return? Nothing. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? What he says. What I get in return is a lot of service, baby, a lot of grief and aggravation. And, uh, oh, this one didn't do this, and Todd Reck didn't do that, and Clarence is off doing a basketball game, and uh, Joe is down there a kiss because Greg won't take his crap out of the office, and our general manager doesn't have a place to sit. When you saw Greg in the hallway the other day, he has no authority over you anymore. You should have said, hey, jackass, why don't you get your crap out of there already so the good guy can go sit in there and get some stuff done here. Why don't you say that? Sorry. Quizzling. Too busy admi uh, admiring his jacket. Is that what it was? He had his nice uh, little faggy haircut there, his Louis Miguel haircut. Well, it was a plaid jacket. And his time. Brooks Brother jacket. Probably was green, too. He's probably wearing this today. Hey, Greg. You fairy. Go away already, will you please? Just go away. Clean all that boxes of crap out of there. In fact... You know something? I just thought of a great new revenue stream. Yeah, I just made one. As a matter of fact. Yeah, God only knows what he's got in those cartons that's been there for like 100 years at QAM. Probably some really neat memorabilia and bilia. And, and yeah. especially all the sports stuff. Can you imagine how much money we could make with that? We got some in this studio, too. Right. We start oh, we sure do. And I know just who we could bring in to sell it on the website. Oh, I'm, I'm not even getting started yet. You'll see. Five six seven oh five sixty. You guys okay? Oh, I'm just going to do that. Pound five sixty. Yeah, seriously, it's it's like I was saying to George before the show. Ordinarily, when a dog makes a mess, you know, on the floor, and you discover it, you scream and I'm like, oh Jesus! What? And the dog will either like go into the corner and kind of like uh, you know uh, try to curl itself up against the wall, or go in the other room and hide, you know. Put its head between its legs and like hide in embarrassment because he knows he's done something wrong and tries to lay low for a while till you get over being PO. 
but in Greg's case, he, he doesn't know any better. You know, he just keeps running around uh, oblivious because he's still he's still getting the big bucks for basically walking around being a big shot. Oh, I'll be sure to say hi to Neil. <laughs> and everybody come and say, uh, and you weren't even invited to the growing away party for Greg. See, I think that says a lot. Right. If he hit it, you like poison and the feeling, of course, is uh, mutual. 5670560, pound 560 in the Verizon. WQAM, hello. QAM. Yeah, the WB Frog. Everybody does the Michigan Rag. That woman rag. <laughs> right. I'll leave that to you. WQAM, hello. Does the frog have a name? I don't know. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. I'm a black man. Yeah, still a black man. Why don't you work on it? Okay, lighten up a little bit. About three shades. WQAM, hello. Hello. Q- What's going on? How you doing, sir? Uh, man, I had two good ones for your phone yesterday, but I couldn't get through. That's Damn. Uh, uh, you don't want to know what they were? No. Okay. Today for the poll, uh, how about Optimus Prime? Who is it? Optimus Prime. Ask George. He'll know. Optimus Prime? Yes. Well, everybody under 40 knows. Oh, I don't know. He'll know. Okay. Uh, Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. Don't know. Okay, thanks. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know all about Transformers. Just a different kind. Don't know nothing about Optimus, uh, Pessimus. He's no Megatron, but he'll do. Okay. Megatron is the cool one. You want to know what tomorrow's poll is? All right. Well, maybe if you stay tuned, I might tell you. This or maybe it is long. Neil Rogers. Eric's already got it on there. This nice going, Eric. You're the best, Fatso. This is Mulholland Dave. And this portion of the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour is brought to you by the letter 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 slices of pizza. All for me! In theaters now, when a stranger calls. Hello? Hi, this is Paul from the Pride Bank Center. We have great news for you regarding the contest entry. You must be Jill. We were so thrilled to find a babysitter at the last minute. Hello? Uh, this is Rachel, and I'm calling regarding the entry form that you had uh, filled out. It keeps on calling. You're safe inside that house. Why are you doing this? What do you want? Hello? Unfortunately, it's tax time again, but we have the solution. Stop calling me, you... Jill, it's the police. We traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. You hear me? It's coming from inside the house. When a stranger calls. You guys have actually won one of our top four major prizes. <laughs> Okay, 12 noon at 560 WQAM. I'm going home. Uh, 1,056 votes on there isn't Q56. And look at the ones that have zero. Yeah, I was looking. I mean, I just, I can't believe it. Captain Marvel, okay, I guess Shazam, that went out with the knickers, all right? Right. And Pikachu, well, I guess if you're over the age of five. But Alfred right. E. Newman? Pika? Alfred E. Newman? I don't think has anybody no reads, votes? reads Mad Magazine anymore. I mean, sir, some of us grew up on it, but... Uh, I don't read Mad Magazine anymore either. In other, words, in other words, I still have to read it to like it or to think that it was great? No, no, I guess, but you have to Don read it Martin, to be aware of who Spy is, versus Spy, right? i got to be reading that. I think he's dead, by the way, Don Martin. No, but you anyways. have to have read it at some point in your life to know who those people are. Right. So, in other words, you're saying that all the people who knew Mad Magazine uh, and Alfred E. Newman, they're all dead now. Well, you can watch Mad TV, too. He's... The That's true. Exactly. picture of him is on Mad TV. Right. It's the picture, but they don't he's everywhere. He is. Every day there's a press conference he's on there. What the hell's wrong with you, Mon? Speaking of Mon, Rene Preval was declared the winner of Haiti's presidential election today under an agreement between the interim government and electoral council, staving off a crisis over last week's disputed vote in the Western Hemisphere's poorest country. 
How about coughing up a few shekels for them Haitians? What do you say? No. No, no chance. With nearly all votes counted, Preval had been just shy of the 50.1% margin needed to avoid a runoff and uh, under an agreement, uh, but they were subtracted again. Well, whatever. In other words, they uh, fixed it up. So to avoid any more murder and bloodshed, they're going to make him uh, El Presidente. In the, he's the head of the uh, interim government. And then maybe they'll do it again, have some more rioting in the streets. And people say, oh, just go and throw some more baseballs and quit acting like that. And go back and starve again, is what people say. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm telling you, that's just the way it works. And then they'll turn around and say, gee, I can't understand why these poor schleppers all keep showing up here uh, in these rafts and uh, boats and getting smuggled into our shores, you know. What do they want? Oh, speaking of evildoers, oh, my God. Angela Merkel, the German chancellor who makes Hitler look like a Cub Scout. Oh, uh, this is, uh, must be tape. Yeah, it is. She was just down there with the Fuhrer again, with the, the Bushmeister. Ach, du lieber. And Tony Blair. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Don't forget when Todd Reck comes in there, just look at him and go, "I don't wanna." That's all. all right. Just say that. No matter what it is. WQAM. Hello. QAM. Hey, Dale. How are you? Yes. Hey, listen. I came a couple on there. I'm wondering. You got Mickey Mouse on there? Of course, we got Mickey Mouse. Do I haven't Mickey been Mouse? listening. I'm in and out of the car. Man? What's wrong with you, man? You got Mickey Mouse? Huh? What about Yogi Bear or Mighty Mouse? Droopy dog. Yogi Bear ought to be on there. Yeah, Mighty, he be. Mighty Mouse is on there. What was the last one? Uh, Droopy Dog, Speedy Gonzalez, Peppy LaPue. Peppy LaPue. Speedy Gonzalez. Well, let's play that by Pat Boone. Speedy Gonzalez. Let's not. Oh, I bet you have it there, too. Let's play Speedy Gonzalez by Pat Boone. I am going to let you laying down. Could you play the Droopy Dog theme over here? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm Droopy Dog. I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh, of course. One. That's an old, old one. He's one that, uh... That sounds like uh, year that one. Let me say it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah, I do know that Yeah, of course you do. Everybody Mm -hmm. does. What was that other dog with the... Oh, gee, I can't even... That that was the Bullwinkle dog. What was the one? Which one? The one with uh, Quick Draw McGraw? Or Augie Doggy and Doggy Daddy? No. The one that used to do the... um, When they used to do the nursery rhymes with Edward Everett Horton. Right. The Fractured uh, Fairy Tales? Fractured Fairy Tales. What was that dog? There was a dog? Yeah. I'm the thinking. dog used to do, huh? I'm thinking the dog used okay. to do. Okay, you're you're with it. Look up fractured, look up fractured fairies. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon. So uh, you know there's like eighty million choices on here. And Jay, you know today's poll is really weak because he's too intellectual to be worried about like cartoons and uh, funny uh, and the funny papers. You know even in the Godfather, Marlon Brando was talking about uh, with Michael Corleone. He even reads the funny papers. Remember that? Right. And uh, Don Corleone thought that was most amusing. Remember in the, they're in the car on their way to Louis in the Bronx? Salozzo, McCluskey is driving. But no, he's not driving. He's sitting in the passenger seat in the front. And he turns around and frisks Michael. What I want. I don't want anybody bothering my father again. Remember Michael is saying because he can barely talk because his nose is broken. And uh, the snot keeps running down his nose. And McCluskey said, I missed my chance. I am the hunted one. Remember that? That's right. That was a good scene. I am the hunted one. I had my chance. Hit him with five shots, and he's still alive. WQAM, hello. I wonder if that was Dick Cheney saying that. QAM. Or maybe uh, maybe Salazzo said I hit him with bird shot, and he's still alive. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Oh, sorry, I didn't know it was on. Um, I think it was Mr. Peabody was the dog. Mr. Peabody, right. Mr. Peabody was a dog. We already talked about that. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a different, that wasn't fractured territory. Oh, well, whatever it was. And what about Mr. Magoo? Mr. Magoo, Jim Backus. I thought that he was, was on there. That was a great one. I never, 
see that anymore. I wish they would bring that one back. Yeah, I wish they bring Jim Backus back. He was a hoot. Okay, thanks a lot, Pally. Thank you. Jim Backus was on that awful Gilligan's Island show, but he was also on I Married Joan before you were born, a million years right. before you were born. Jim Backus was a funny guy. Yes, he was. And he did the voice of a Mr. Magoo. Yes, he did. No, Mr. Magoo is not on there. That's what I'm telling you, man. we got a lot of work to do, Mr. Magoo. The show. And Peabody. Do we have Peabody on Sherman there? Sherman and Peabody should be on there. Oh, they are on there. Sherman and Peabody. That's right. Sorry. Mr. Peabody and his Sorry, Mr. Oh, I better run down the whole list. Forward. I'm sorry. The best cartoon character of all times. There's 1,069 votes. We'll have 1,100 before you can say Jay's an idiot. By the way, Mr. Magoo is on there. Oh, sorry. Well, you know, when you got 4,000 on there, it's kind of a card to heap uh, hack. Bugs Bunny, 192. Bugs has got it, I think. Homer Simpson, 122. Cartman from South Park, 111. Come on, man. He makes Bugs Bunny seem like a dodo bird. You kidding me? Even an old coot like me says that, you know? Wiley right. Cody and the Roadrunner said, I only wish there was more South Park movies. I've got to be honest with you. I, uh, I voted for Cartman for what it's worth, and you're, uh, you're right. There does need to be a series of them. Yes. Uh, Wiley Cody and the Roadrunner, 71. Beavis and Butthead, 45. Now, don't we have, like, uh, maybe we don't. I thought we had a Beavis and Butthead we, something we have here. A couple oh, we them. got... And now, it's the continuing episodes of Beaver and Butthead. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, let's see. I don't. I don't think I want to take that too yeah, far. We have a few. We have like five or six of them. We have this one to safe. Are you threatening me? Oh yeah. Safe, yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle forty three should be way up higher than that. What is wrong? What's wrong with you people? Who did more for cartoons and for amusing us to amuse you? I. I just. I can't deal with it. Bugs Bunny's got one hundred ninety two, and Rocky and Bullwinkle got forty three. Tom and Jerry forty one. Superman thirty seven. Batman thirty five. Mickey Mouse thirty. Mickey Mouse has got what? About thirty, man. Charlie Brown, 26. What the hell just happened there? The thing just, uh... It oh, it just changed again. Superman, 37. Batman, 35. Mickey Mouse, 30. Fred Flintstone, Barney Rubble, 26. Charlie Brown, 26. SpongeBob SquarePants, 25. Charlie Brown and Snoopy, 22. See, I, why did we do that? I mean, they're separate characters. Well, all right. We doubled whatever. up a bunch of them. Okay. I, I don't know why. Ren and Snippy, uh, 16. Snoopy, see, and then there's Snoopy again, 16. See what I mean? We can fix it. Who done that? Get that Snoopy off of there, please, Eric. Get the first uh, with Charlie Brown. Let Charlie stand on his own. All right, we'll separate them. Uh, Snoopy, 16. Scooby-Doo, 15. Daffy Duck, 15. Speed Racer, 12. Mighty Mouse, 12. Popeye, 12. Boris Badenoff and Natasha Fatale, 11. Donald Duck, 11. Mr. Magoo, 11. See, I told he was on there. Underdog, 11. Felix the Cat, 8. Woody Woodpecker, 6. Daria, 6. Huh? Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Well, whatever. You say Daria, I say Diarrhea. I dare you. Yogi Bear and Boo Boo 6. Heckle and Jekyll 6. I like them a lot. They were, like I said, did I say they were magpies? Yes, they are. And what, what is, is there really such a thing as a magpie? Absolutely. There is? Yeah, scavenging uh, black birds, not Is that like a macaw? Crow. Very similar, yes. I see. Uh, Top Cat 6. Betty Boop 6. I'm kidding, Bob, by uh, the way. Macaw's a parrot. But... Bobby Hill from the King of the Hill 5. Tweety and Sylvester 5. They were good. Barton Lisa Simpson, mm -hmm. five. Dick Tracy, five. Boy, I had my uh, Dick Tracy watch when I was a kid. You know, I used to did sit in. Yeah. Did it uh, actually, was it a walkie-talkie? Did it actually work like a walkie-talkie? No, it didn't oh, do anything. I didn't think so. Like a little uh, two-cent piece of crap. But you get like the box top from like uh, some kind of Kellogg cereal or something, and you send it in with like uh, 40 cent, and uh, you get that Dick Tracy. Yeah, I love Dick Tracy. But, uh, but explain something to me, because I tried to read those comic strips when they were uh, still running in the newspapers. Yes. I thought they were boring as dog crap. Were they just going over my head or what? Yeah, they were okay. too intellectual All for right. me. Plus, they were in English. I see. Uh, Dick Tracy, well, what did I leave off here? I don't know where I am anymore. What's he got? I, what what the hell just Dick? happened to Dick Tracy? I, know, I got to a certain point on this thing. I was doing just fine. Maybe he got 20 votes and uh, moved up the list. Did he get 20? I don't know. Maybe 30. 
Where the hell is he? How many has he got? You find him right now. I think I'm losing my mind. This is a... Oh, oh there he is. Five. Oh, I'm almost done. Quagmire from Family Guy 4. Peter from Family Guy 4. Pat <laughs> Albert 4. Wonder Woman 3. Dudley Do-Right. Dudley Do-Right's only got two. He's only one. Elmer Fudd has only got two. Jesus. Porky oh. Pig's only got a small pair. Space quiet. goes to Bill from Schoolhouse Rock to George of the Jungle to Gumby to the Power Powderpuff Girls to Powerpuff Powerpuff. What about But I'm a Cheerleader? That was on again the other day, and you'll never guess I didn't watch it again. Okay, oh, I was going to say it's, no. Joe Palooka to one for Jessica from Roger Rabbit, one for Alvin the Chipmunk. Come on, only one for poor Alvin. Tom Terrific one, Winnie the Pooh one, Arthur one, Gerald McBoing Boing one, Angelica Pickles one. I wonder if that's like K. J. Rokich is related to her. You know them pickle no, people? I don't. But yeah, you do. Rokich. The Grinch one. And no votes for Michigan J. Frog, which I never heard of that. That's the frog Optimus that the guy was Prime. calling in about. Oh, I never And you've seen that. that cartoon. No, I haven't. Sure you have. Master Shake none. Peabody none. Sherman none. We put them on separate and they still have. How, how can they have none? I don't know. Maybe let's put them on together see if they do Maybe that. he was a little bit too intellectual, Peabody. You know, he's probably, that was Edward Everett Horton. Alfred E. Newman has none. I mean, come on, people. Heathcliff, none. Josie and the Pussycats, none. Pikachu has none. And Captain Marvel, Shazam, he's uh, still got his cape on, but he don't have any votes. God. Oh, right in the middle of lunch hour, and Sean says this thing about gross things, people blow their nose in a restaurant. Oh, good poll, Sean, but I'll put that, I'll, I'll cover it up a little bit. Right in the middle of lunch hour, he wants to discuss things like that, like sliding oysters down their throat. Right. He's got things on there we can't even begin to talk about. No, I'm sure of that. Oh, does he really? I haven't even read them all. I did. I see. I, I don't even understand what that means. And I couldn't begin to explain it to you. Well, what, what do some of those mean? They don't, they don't fit into the question. I would have to tell you. Well, off maybe Sean's under a lot of pressure, okay? A lot of pressure. Twelve minutes past noon. We're under a lot of pressure. I'll tell you that. I feel like my brains are going to explode hey, the, right the in guy, my rectum. Yes. By the way, the guy that keeps uh, writing in characters for our crumb comics, nobody has ever heard of the, the yes. character that he's talking about, yeah. no matter how many times he faxes Well, what's the in? character? D. Toilet. D. Well, just that's where to stick, though, is the faxes, man, in D. Toilet. Love our crumb, but nobody ever heard of those characters. How Never about, heard uh, of any of that. Okay. The groovy guy. Give it a rest already. Uh, in fact, we're wrapping those faxes from that iodine crap. By Fantastic. the way, iodine, we're not reading your faxes anymore. We're tired of you and that Riley creep, too. Laying down the law this year. Laying down the law. 12.13 already. we got uh, Geldy coming in. He can come in a little early if he wants, like about 12.30 would be good. Hey, when you're shopping for shoes, comfort, fit, and value, that's what it's all about. Anybody knows that. And if you want to always get those and make sure you get a perfect fit every time, then head your ass over to Brandy Shoes for the most comfortable fit in your favorite style in the top brand names of shoes, like Rockport, Echo, Florsheim, SAS, Mephisto, New Balance, all the others. And Brandy's professional shoe fitters will make damn sure you got a customized fit of that favorite comfort shoe. Ask for Arnie. He'll take good care of you. Don't forget, Brandy's even specialized in wide widths as well. It's probably hard to find in most shoe stores. You want them, they got them. So Brandy's is worth your trip from just about anywhere in town for that unbeatable combination. Comfort, style, fit, value, and selection. Always think first of Brandy's shoes. You'll find Brandy's at 1290 North Federal Highway in most prestigious Pompano Beach. Brandy's is open every day, Monday through Saturday till 9, and every Sunday till 5. And this week, again, is a stupendous time to buy your SAS shoes at Brandy's because you can still take 20 to 40 bucks extra off the retail price of all great men's and women's SAS styles this week. So be sure to get your fat ass waddled it into Brandy's this week or do your shoe shopping online right on their website at brandyshoes.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. What the hell are you doing to me? What do you mean, sir? Why am I reading in the paper you're going to put a Disney theme park in Brooklyn? Well, sir, 
we're just scouting locations. Jesus, I'm scouting CEOs. You are killing me. But, but, but sir, look what we've done with New York City, oh. Times Square, 42nd Street. Hang on. Remus! Remus! Turn off the vacuum cleaner, Remus! Get that bluebird out of here! Okay, boss. Hi, sir. But, sir, look what we've done with Midtown Manhattan. 42nd Street is incredible. Oh, you know what? Publicly, I supported that, but you took all the porn away. You're killing me. I'm going through Gaviscon like Pez. We're just scouting areas. Calm down. Listen to me, butt munch. Don't tell me to calm down. We got lucky with Lilo and Stitch, $128 million. Now, you're trying to ruin the whole network. What kind of programming are you running? Hang on a minute. WQAM. I'm going to reach in here. You're reaching. reaching for it. Well, no, this is a good stuff. It's a good stuff. She may be smart enough. This is from what? Where is this from? Uh, Palm Beach Post. She may be smart enough to earn millions from her acidic political barbs, but when it comes to something as simple as voting in her tiny hometown, hardcore right-wing pundit Ann Coulter is a tad confused. Hey, Ann. You fairy. Palm Beach County Supervisor of Elections records show Coulter voted last week in Palm Beach's council election. Problem is, she cast her ballot in a precinct four miles north of the one where she owns her home, and that could be a big no-no. No. No. Coulter owns a $1.8 million crib on Seabreeze Avenue, should have voted in precinct 1198. It covers most homes on her street. Instead, records show she voted in precinct 1196 at the northern tip of the island. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg, don't you? I'm sure. The tip of the Goldberg. A fave on the college speaking circuit and the occasional target of cream pies to the face. Calder registered as a Republican, no kidding, with the supervisor's office June 24th. That's three months after she bought the home and moved to Palm Beach from Manhattan. Here's the sticky part for the rights lady, Macbeth. She wrote down an Indian Road address instead of Sea Breeze on her voter's registration application, and she signed to certify the information is true. She never lived there, said Suzanne Frisbee, owner of the Indian Road home. I'm Ann's realtor, and I know she used this address to forward mail when she moved from New York. Coulter didn't respond to requests for comment, but the blonde GOP pit bull's former agent, Joni Evans, last year told Page 2 that Coulter left New York City to escape, escape stalkers. I like that. So, like all the uh, slime, they wind up in Florida, like O.J. Yeah. And M.J. And all of these... Uh, all of these things. Todd Drek. Rest my case. Oh, I got some bad puppy news, man. Oh, no. 
A canine contender from this week's Westminster Kennel Club dog show is missing. He ran away after escaping from a travel cage at J.F. Kennedy International. The dog, a female whippet named Bonne C'est la Vie, was scheduled to travel with her owners on a Delta flight to California from New York, where the dog show took place when she broke free from her cage about noon and ran like hell. And can you blame her? No. People that subject their dogs to this, it's just like it's the same as like John and Benet Ramsey. It's the same crap. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, the John dogs and love it. <laughs> John and Benet. Right. By the way, we don't hear too much about that anymore, except now, oh, they didn't do it, and you ought to apologize. But well, I no. don't know. I still think they did. I still think they're abusive parents. Port Authority police said they dispatched a helicopter aid in the search for several hours Wednesday and said the dog was spotted in marshland surrounding the airport, but authorities on the ground were unable to catch her. She's running for her life. She don't want to be subjected to this crap no more. According to the American Whippet Club, <laughs> I knew they had that in Amsterdam. I didn't know they had that in America. So they get around. The American Whippet Club, the Whippet is a medium-sized member of the Sighthound family and is very similar in appearance to a greyhound, only a little smaller. So it's a little greyhound. I thought a Whippet uh, was something you did with a can of Cool Whip. Oh, a Whippet. Whippet, good. So Ann Coulter can't figure out where the hell to vote, and uh, dogs that have been abused by their owners are running away, which is good. They got free. Like, reminds me of the chief at the end there of uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. When he finally lifted up that damn sink. And just took out a running start and smashed it through the window and went racing out there into the woods, never to be seen again. Got a little tear, see? I think he, him and Johnny Horton went north to Alaska, if you ask me. Remember, he was saying he was going to Alaska. That's right. Too bad that old uh, Mr. Uh, What's-His-Name couldn't go with him. But it all worked out because that was the inspiration for it. McMurphy. Yeah. What was his name? J.P. McMurphy? I think so, yeah. Very yeah. Good. Well, I just seen it the other day. I want my cigarette. Oh, that, that scene that, that scene is so great. I mean, of all the scenes in all the movies all the time, the scene where he just goes ballistic. And then finally, Jack Nicholson gets so exasperated, he smashes the window right. and reaches in there and, and grabs the carton of cigarettes and just, here, shut up already. And he's, ah! he just, he's just going crazy. Well, he's not going there. <laughs> and another great part of the movie is where he finds out that pretty much everybody there is voluntary. Right. He's one of the few that can't leave whenever he wants right. to. <laughs> Including Billy B -B -B poor B -B Billy B -B Bibbit. Right. You people want to be in here? You must be nuts. Yeah. Oh, wait. Poor little Danny DeVito. WQAM, hello. Martini. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Martini, I think this guy just had a couple with your vice president. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Good. Good. Um, I, speaking of Cartman, uh, George has probably seen the skit of Cartman, Cartman telling that aristocrat Cartman. joke. Have, have you seen that yet? Isn't it in the movie? Uh, yeah, it was in the movie The Aristocrat. Right. I'll send you a copy of the movie if you want, Neil. But really, really funny. Well, no, I got, I've seen the movie. What do you mean right. you'll send me the movie? I've seen the movie. And also, Neil, one more thing. That, that Eisner skit that you always play, what, what is that? It's so funny. It's an Eisner skit. It's a Mickey and Eisner skit. That's what it is. Uh, it's really funny. No, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> you go to hell and you die. Exactly. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Oh look at that! There's a pigeons flying around there, and it looks like Katie Couric's on my balcony cleaning up, uh, scraping up that pigeon poo, and putting it in Matt, where Matt Lauer's hair used to be. Well, that whole thing, man. You talk about yeah, vanilla. Yeah, oh my that. goodness! What's that whole NBC? That peacock uh -huh. is still molting from the embarrassment. And I, I wish that I found an alternative to Brian Williams because he's oh, starting to really. Yeah, I was just going to say that because now yeah. that you know they're covering the Olympics, of course. Oh. So the NBC News is the the Olympics news now. So there's nothing to watch. Right, and I, not only that, but almost everything they have on there is taped, and you can't even uh -huh. figure. Out. Plus, I don't watch any of it anyway. But I'm reading about people ripping Chris Zelkovich and the uh, star, just ripping them an ass 
for the fact that uh, they mm. put stuff on taped and nobody knows whether it's taped right. or live or happened. Oh, and then the other deal he does, he spends about five minutes on there giving the results. Okay, if you don't want to know the results, we'll mm. put them on the screen. Turn your eyes away. I'll let you know when yeah. it's kosher. Yeah. Uh, no, but none of that bothers me as much as that Torino crap. It's like it's I like agree. Dick Ebersol, NBC, want to shove that down your throat. Oh, it's the, everybody the world knows. according to the peacock, you know? That's right. No, Everybody's doing it now, no matter what channel you're watching. It's except Torino, ABC. Except Torino. Right. Except ABC and except here where we got civilized people that, you know, got a brain about the rest of the world. They don't need a compass and a road map every time they're more than two blocks from home. Uh-oh. And you can say, that is a day I will never forget. Well, there you go. There's your vice president. He's bird hunting. He's bird dogging. He's lying through his teeth. Arr. And he's shacked up with that uh, nasty-looking bitch, too. Oh, you In fact, it. it's hard to tell that bitch from a Harry Whittington when he looked real close. <laughs> I think it's the same person. This same guy. is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Show me yours. I'll show you mine. Uh, 27 before the hour, whatever the hour is. 27 before 1? Are you kidding me? Holy cow. The I thought for sure it was like about 3.30 already. And what did I tell you yesterday? By the way, those pictures, those uh, Abu... Uh, Abu Ghraib are on our website. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is click on there. I don't think that we had a, a huge look at that. Probably a lot of people didn't want to see all that, uh, all these scars and all, you know, all that stuff. All the blood and the gore. Right. Or that yeah. extra foot. <laughs> yeah, or the, the extra foot is kind of provocative. <laughs> In fact, right under the right under the uh, Dick Cheney uh, bird shooting uh, thing there, the quail shoot is uh, Australian. 
Australia, will you calm him down? Put him in a straight jacket, okay? Just like Mr. McMurphy. I do have a straight jacket. Australian TV, that's not what I heard. You have a green one. Australian TV station releases new Abu Ghraib uh, torture photographs, and you click on there, and there's all the pictures, man. There's a whole bunch of pictures from Raw Story, and that one is especially raw. Now, how do you know? Maybe he's got three feet, you know? I heard Iraqi You've heard people who are clumsy say, oh, I'm all feet today, you know? And all, or all thumbs. Maybe it's a thumb. It, it could be a foot or it could be another thumb, or maybe he's just uh, <laughs> got a growth. Maybe he's a growing goy. I don't know. Well, anyway, there it is for you. When you're through, we're playing with the Dick Cheney bird uh, shoot deal, the quail shoot. And what did I tell you when we uh, talked about that yesterday? It's going to be another reason for these people to get, ah, blah, 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 blah. They're all whipped up into a frenzy. New footage of British soldiers beating up young Iraqi men. Oh, no, that's not those pictures. This is the one, the video from yeah. the other day. Wait till they see these pictures. New footage of British soldiers beating up young Iraqi men in Amara, Amara City in 2003 and the release, here we go, I told you, of more photographs by atrocities by U.S. soldiers against Iraqi detainees, detainees in prisoners spread outrage across Iraq. The timing of the new images is potent in the wake of the violence spreading throughout Iraq and much of the Muslim world over cartoons of Prophet Muhammad carried by that Danish newspaper and then reprinted by other European publications. I better get that, uh, those images off my screen there. We in Basra have decided not to cooperate in any way with the British troops. 43-year-old food merchant Ali Shabab Najin told IPS. These, this is Interpress Service. These occupiers of Basra are invaders, and we will not sell them any of their requirements. Now, Jim added, none of us will work with them any longer either. My cousin used to work with them inside their base, but not no mo. He refuses to go to work. We've decided to show our contempt for them in every possible way. But why do they hate us? Now, Jim said people freedom. are especially angry over the Danish military presence in Iraq. He said he had first accepted the presence of occupation forces, but now I think it's about time to tell them we don't respect them since they're behaving in a very bad way, he be saying. After that footage of British troops beating the crap out of young Iraqis with fists and batons, the government, the governate of Basra, what the hell is a governorate? I don't know. Announced it has severed ties to the British military. This included cancellation of joint security patrols. Joint security patrols. We condemn any of these actions by British and American troops in torturing our young people. Former head city councillor of Basra, Governorate, Kasim Atta Al-Jabouri, told IPS. All these names basically, it's like, you know, Johnson and Schwartz and Jones and Smith. All sounds the same to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I like well, something fancy. You know? Yeah. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the Verizon singular wireless lines. Gelby at two, Mad Dog at four. After that, it's UM basketball with our AWOL program director Clarence uh, Schwartz. Well, I tell you, that situation is like a, a gigantic tumor, man, like a giant cancer. See, I don't know about you, but I'd sit that child. I keep repeating this, but I, and, and I'm not trying to tell anybody how to do their job. I'm just telling you about my management style. How it would be? I'd sit his punky little ass down in a chair in a corner, you know. I would tie the, those like those electric wires to his uh, toenails, and I would just tell him, look, make up your mind. You want to be program director of a major market important radio station, or you want to be a little boy sportscaster doing his U.M. If you want to be a U.M. flunky all your life, man, you want to be Mike Rosenthal, Jr. Make up your mind, Clarence. What do you want to be? Who do you want to be today? Remember that last deal with my paycheck and a whole deal? I had to go through a whole song dance and get yeah. Joe involved in that. Couldn't get it done. And now this deal here yesterday... When the day is almost over, he finally emails me a song and a dance, and then he uh, takes off, and that's it. Of course, that's assuming you believe Todd Dreck's story. Who do you believe? Who does Josh yeah. believe? you believe Clarence or Todd Dreck? I don't know what was supposed to have happened. Who does Josh believe? Uh, none of the above. Yeah. Okay. He I, I, I got no comment there. Okay. Oh, now, now you can just like George. Pretty soon you'll be playing hey, look, that wine thing. His depends on one of them. No, his paycheck doesn't depend on either one of them. Don't you have direct deposit? I do. Well, so what the hell has that got to do with it? You got no control of your paycheck. Oh, his salary, my ass. His salary depends salary. on Clarence. 
That's like saying that my salary depends on clearance. No, it's not like saying that. Oh, okay. Yours doesn't. Oh. And what about yours? Yeah, to an extent. It depends on clearance? Well, no wonder you're so depressed these days. Jesus. So who do you believe? I don't know what was supposed to have happened. What were you told? I wasn't told anything. Oh, well, then I believe that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think I was so pissed off about? Exactly. And still P.O.'d. You know how I you feel know, about that. I'm supposed like that. to do somebody a favor and do this and do that because the Beasleys want the money and Todd Drek don't want to lose his commitment. Okay, fine. I always try to be cooperative. And in return, what do you get? A slap right in the face and a kick in the ass, man. Look, you I'll, get a crowbar right this. where the moon don't shine. If Todd told me you were gay, I'd go looking for your girlfriend. There you go. In other words, you're trying to tell me that Todd Drek is a prevaricator and a BS artist? I would immediately respond by saying... Absolutely correct, sir. Right. But also, if I were to tell you that Clarence is a slacker who doesn't get anything done because he's too busy worried about being a little boy sports guy, I think I would also say... Absolutely correct, sir. So you put that together and say lethal, volatile combination that gets absolutely nothing done, except making Todd Drek a bunch of money. Well, I tell you, there is a guy, for, man. Huh? Isn't that what we're here for? Well, we're all here to do that, but not at everybody else's expense. No, to make Todd Drek money. We're all doing that. Oh, well, of course. That goes without saying. And you know what my response absolutely. to that is? Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want it, Todd. I want I, only one thing I want, Todd, more than anything in the world. I want you dead. I want you in a box. Todd in a box. Maybe that would be a great game for Mattel. Is Mattel still in business? It yeah, will be swell. Absolutely. It's Mattel. Todd in a box. Would it have to be a big box? He's just a little guy, kind of funny looking. Would it be a jack-in-the-box kind of a thing? Are you starting with that JFK jokes again? The best cartoon character of all time. No, actually, there was a guy in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I forget what his name was. He went on the air after, uh, in 63, mm-hmm. and he said, oh, one thing I've always wanted was a jack-in-the-box, and he, uh, they fired his ass. And rightfully really? so. 1,161 votes. The best cartoon character of all time, Bugs Bunny, 210. Boy, they love Bugs. Homer Simpson, 132. Cartman is making a little move from South Park, 123. Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, 75. What's not to like? Rocky and Bullwinkle are making their move now, 53. They're on the move. Beavis and Butthead, 48. Tom and Jerry, 41. Superman, 40. And Batman, 38. Mickey Mouse, 32. That's all I'm reading. Charlie Brown's on there twice. Right, one right after the other. Right, uh, why is that? If you put them together, he's got 49 votes. How come Charlie Brown's on there twice? He asked. I thought I, I, I tried to get them separated. I thought I'd try to get Charlie and Snoopy just separated. Well, we originally place. had that done, and it was, uh, and now we got Charlie Brown twice and Snoopy. So you put them all together, you got about four million votes. Now the good news is, I think I've seen it here before. Alfred E. Newman got a vote. Oh yeah, hallelujah for the South Florida audience, man. And Winnie the Boy. No, he already had one. Who else didn't have any? I don't know. El- Elmer Fudd's only got two. Like I said, this is Captain like a, like Jay said, this is a tragic poll. This is Captain Neil Rogers. Have any? No. This oh. is Neil Rogers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Station stands for nothing. Barry Manilow. He's had a ton of hits, but none as painful as the one he took when he walked into a wall and broke his nose. Ow! And now, Barry's singing about it in his brand new CD, Can't Smell Without You, with fractured versions of Barry's hits like Copacabana. I broke my, broke my banana, and now it's the size of Havana. As well as a remastered and really nasally version of Mandy, recorded at the moment of impact. Oh, damn it. But that's not all. Barry Manilow's Can't Snow Without You is swollen with hits you knows and love. Like, I Break the Schnoz, I Made It Through the Pain, Looks Like I Broke It, and a title track with Barry's trademark hook. You know I can't smell without you. 
Manilow's Can't Smell Without You. Walk into a Walmart. And pick up a copy today. Oh, I got two of bad cartoons, speaking of Barry Manilow and bad music. Okay. And bad schnozzes. Old, ancient, both depressing, Nancy. Oh. Oh, Nancy and Sluggo, yeah. And Little Orphan Annie. Okay. I bet you Chicken Egg remembers both of them. I'll bet. I, I never understood the whole Nancy and Sluggo thing. They weren't funny. Yes. Interesting. Well, didn't I already preface my thing yeah, by saying yeah, you that? Did. Somebody will like it. They'll get a vote or two or three. Nancy. And uh, Little Orphan Annie. I think she was kind of like Short Fat Fanny by Larry Williams on Atco Records. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Short Fat Fanny. The Rescue, remember that? I have a Short Fat Fanny. You got it? You got Short Fat Fanny by Larry Williams? I have Josh a Josh will give you a million dollars if you got it there. Right uh, now. I'm booting it. No, you're not. I'm booting it up. You really got it? Well, what year is that, more or less? Oh, jeez. You don't have to look it up. No, I got Fanny by the Bee Gees. No, we don't want to hear that. That's, That's one it. We're sorry. It must That's have been a piece of garbage. And don't start with the Bee Gees. We already did a whole show on the Bee Gees, and that probably killed us. It was like doing a hockey show. <laughs> Nothing. Short, fat, like Fanny. Larry show. Williams, May 1957. Holy moly, wow. rat man. What? That's not even 50 years ago. Only 49. Now, who did it? Larry Williams. Right. On that co-record. Short, fat, Fanny. It's a novelty record. It was cute. A medley of his smash. WQAM, hello. QAM. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing today? Okay. Welcome That's to good. Autopilot Radio. <laughs> Very good. Um, anyone say the Pink Panther today? Oh, my God. How could they? We blew it, man. That we blew is it, man. Embarrassing. You never even said a word, but you just sat there and laughed your ass off. Right. Thanks, Pally. You got it. Who? And the, huh? He was breaking up. I didn't hear him. He said the Pink Panther. Oh, is what yeah. He said. I might even have that. Dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun. Now, uh, you know, Peter Sellers is turning over in his grave. We don't want to talk about Steve Martin or any of this other, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. Anyway. Right. You understand that it's number one now? You understand that Barry Manilow is the number one, came on the chart on the Hot 100, uh, on the uh, Hot 200 albums as the number one album, Barry Manilow. Came on the first week, number one. So you put all those together, and what do you got? Huh? Put all these ingredients. You got uh, you got this vice president out there bird uh, hunting and bird dogging and shooting guys. You got the president who's illiterate and dangerous. And what do you got? Crap. That's it. There it is. Neil Hefty. Is it? Neil Hefty. The one who did it? I thought it was Henry Mancini. guy, kind of Hefty. No? I thought it was Henry Mancini, but what do I know? Oh, it's Henry Mancini, like I said. Neil Hefty was the best. Also on the, uh, on the same show. Bernie Kovacs. Oh, the uh, Anthony Arbor. Well, that sounds like the Andy Kovacs thing. No, but the Pink Panther uh, show had Ant and cartoons on it, too. Sounds like a bunch of crap to me. Nevertheless. Norman Solomon writes on CommonDreams.org. Norman Solomon. Your uncle? I wonder if he's kidding. No, that was Abraham Solomon. That was my grandfather. Died long before I was born. A.B. Norman Solomon. Maybe someday I'll meet old A.B. Solomon. In fact, probably pretty soon, the way this outfit's uh, doing. They're killing me, man. You're killing me. I'm glad you guys are happy, you and uh, Hank. Maybe the two of you can elope. i got nothing to be happy about yet. Well, that's, that's what I keep trying to tell you. Let's you like to make a premature evaluation, man. I, I'm not making any at all. Yes, you are. No, well, no. I'm making one, and so far, yes. 0 for 3 yes. is not a good batting average How to me. I try to, worse? like, uh, welcome people with open arms and legs, right. man. And try to, like, say, hey, everything is great. And all I ask is one, one little thing. That's all, one thing. Make a call. Get somebody to do something. Remember, Just get somebody else to do something. That's, that's all. Remember what Archie Bunker said. What's that? Patience is a voyage. It's a voyage? That's what he said. But, yeah. 
Cheney's Dodge taking responsibility. When Dick Cheney suffered uh, surfaced on Wednesday long enough for an interview with Fox News eminence Britt Hume, an event that CNN's Jack Cafferty, like I told you before, promptly likened to Bonnie interviewing Clyde, the vice presidential spin emerged from a time-worn bag of political tricks. Cheney took responsibility, whatever that means. The New York Times website swiftly made its top headline, Cheney takes full responsibility for shooting Hunter. Just before Fox News Channel aired interview segments at length, a summary from anchor Hume told viewers that Cheney had accepted full responsibility for the incident. Hours later, the Washington Post front page story led this way. Vice President Cheney accepted full responsibility yesterday. Ironically, while news outlets keep using the phrase full responsibility, the transcript of the interview posted on foxnews.com shows that Cheney never used any form of the word responsibility. Whatever their exact words, the politicians who can't avoid acknowledging culpability are often the beneficiaries of excessive media plaudits for supposedly owning up to what they've done wrong. But those politicians rarely do more than just what the spin doctor ordered. It's not brave or even forthright for an official to express the contrition that seems advisable from a PR standpoint. When a convicted defendant voices remorse just before sentencing, the statement is often viewed as little more than a ploy dictated by circumstance. But when a politician ostensibly takes responsibility in the court of public opinion, much of the media coverage attaches great significance to an essentially hollow statement that's a transparent effort to extinguish a scandal-fueled firestorm. In almost every instance, when a politician takes responsibility with great fanfare, there's no penalty attached to the proclamation. Across the terrain of political media, the I-take-responsibility maneuver is the equivalent of a hit-and-run driver offering an over-the-shoulder yell of, Sorry about that, while speeding away from the grisly scene. Sorry, mister. On July 30th, About 30, man. 2003, several months after the occupation of Iraq began, President Bush held a news conference while U.S. forces continued to search in vain for those WMDs. High up in a front-page story, the New York Times reported that Bush took responsibility for the first time for an assertion in the State of the Union address about Iraq's nuclear weapons program that turned out to be based on questionable intelligence. Well, they must be talking about his. Bush told reporters, I take personal responsibility for everything I say, of course. I also take responsibility for making decisions on war and peace. And I analyzed a thorough body of intelligence, good, solid, sound intelligence, that led me to come to the conclusion that it was necessary to remove Saddam Hussein from power. In that instance, as in so many others, the president's declaration about taking responsibility was nothing more than hot air for inflated rhetoric, a dodge to divert attention from indefensible actions and evident deceptions. Last year, on September 13 at the White House, the president said, Katrina exposed serious problems in our response capability at all levels of government, and to the extent that the federal government didn't fully do its job right, I take responsibility. Policies during the five months since then have compounded the administration's deadly negligence in response to Katrina, underscoring the diversionary significance of the I take responsibility scam. When Brett Hume and Dick Cheney did their foxtrot, they were performing the kind of spectacle we've seen many times on TV. Network correspondents and powerful politicians know the boundaries and the steps. Their footwork may look simple, but it's fancy and well-practiced. Contrary to pretense, the probing journalist doesn't probe too much, and the forthcoming politician merely hunkers down with a new twist. And so it goes. Whether the media uproar has to do with a quail hunt or lethal negligence in connection with a hurricane or chronic deception for a war, top officials may finally opt to take responsibility. But that's nothing more than a propaganda technique for those who view lying as an essential means of governance. I wonder why he didn't include Greg Reed in there, too, by the way. Oh, hi, Greg. How you doing, Pally? Good luck to you. Get out. Get lost. Clean out that desk and that office. Although, don't take all the good stuff because it'll be good for an auction online, you know. I mean, Josh is going to be busy with that Power 96 thing and this show and Marlin stuff. He's going to be a busy beaver, man. But I know who could run it real good. Make us a lot of money. What do you think? Sorry, I was listening to the TV. Oh. Cartoons are on now. <laughs> 12.56 at QAM.
your autopilot station. This is Neil Rogers. I'm dying out here. This is 560 QAM. Oh, boy. It's the one to two hour. Even though I'm as dead as dead can be, I'm glad that my life made a hit movie. No nomination for Best Pictures crap. I'm glad I'm in a long dirt nap. Capote and Brokeback Mountain are gay. Cowboys never did that back in my day. Good night and good luck was a total bore. Munich was long. It made me snore. Witherspoon played my June Carter catch Better than Dylan or Cheeto and Crash Wish I had a chance with Reese in the sack Cause once you go black, you don't go back I'll be looking down from heaven that night Watching the awards on my satellites if Reese don't win, well, then the heavenly choir will help me bring a ring of fire. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. i tell you one thing, old Todd Pettengill sure does a hell of a good Johnny Cash, don't he? Yes, he does. All right. I mean, As opposed to Todd Dreck. Now, how come Johnny Cash couldn't be alive and uh, Todd Dreck be in that box? Anyway... Now, you know who Barbara Starr is, that Pentagon correspondent on CNN who looks like, who definitely is a guy. I'm going to say she looks like a guy. Barbara yeah, Starr yes. with glasses. It's a guy. I guarantee she's got a big package. Even more than Van Coulter? Right, Van Coulter. Jeremy Scahill on Common Dreams writes, on CNN, the real Abu Ghraib scandal. I'm sorry. Abu Ghraib scandal is the photos, not the abuse on CNN. They're certainly not News Network, who belong in hell. CNN's Pentagon correspondent, Barbara Starr, should be given some kind of award for the most outrageously off-target reporting on the newly released photos and videos of U.S. torture and abuse of prisoners at Abu Ghraib prison uh, in Iraq. In her numerous appearances during the morning news cycle on CNN, after the images were first broadcast on Australia's SBS TV, Starr described what she saw as the root of the Abu Ghraib prison scandal as such. Let's start by reminding everybody that under U.S. military law and practice, the only photos that can be taken are official photographs for documentation purposes about the status of prisoners when they're in military detention. That's it. Anything else is not acceptable. And, of course, that is what the Abu Ghraib prison scandal is all about. What? Here I thought the scandal was that the U.S. military was systematically abusing prisoners. These new photos, with their documentation of violently inflicted open wounds, obliterate any notion that what occurred at Abu Ghraib was anything short of torture by all accepted definitions of the term. They reveal some horrifying scenes of naked, humiliated, bloodied prisoners, some with apparent gunshot wounds. Maybe Dick Cheney was over there for a while. In a video broadcast on Australia's SBS, naked, hooded prisoners were seen being forced to masturbate in front of the camera. But according to CNN's star, the real transgression was that some soldiers documented the torture in violation of U.S. military law and practice. In a later report that in the morning, Starr returned to our outrageous characterization of the scandal, beginning her report by saying, as we look at a couple of the photos, let's remind people that's why these are so inappropriate. 
on U.S. military law and practice and procedure, you simply cannot take photographs, as we're going to show you some of them right now. You cannot take photographs of people in detention, in humiliating positions, positions that are abusive in any way, shape, or form. The only pictures that are ever allowed of people in U.S. military detention would be pictures for documentation purposes. And clearly, these pictures are not that. That is the whole issue that's been at the root of the Abu Ghraib prison scandal, that it was abusive, the practices in which soldiers engaged in. You cannot take photographs of people in detention in humiliating positions, positions that are abusive in any way, shape, or form, according to Starr, but apparently it is okay to place them in these humiliating, ab abusive positions, or to at least not worth commenting on these reports on CNN. Starr continued her report describing Pentagon reaction to the newly released photos. But the Pentagon certainly is not happy that these pictures, these additional pictures, which had not been distributed publicly in the past, uh, the Pentagon's not happy that they're out. And the reason is the Pentagon had filed a lawsuit trying to prevent their publication in the U.S. out of concern, they say, that it would spark violence in the Arab world to see these photos and that it would put U.S. military forces at risk. The release of the photos will spark the violence? No, U.S. torture of prisoners sparked massive outrage, and justifiably so. Moreover, this outrage should not just be confined to the Arab world, but should be felt everywhere, especially in the U.S., Besides, Pentagon lawyers have already tried this defense in federal court, and a judge ruled that fear of facing the consequences of your actions is not a legitimate defense. Stark included another report saying the Pentagon is concerned that if the images appear in the Islamic world, they're concerned they will incite unrest in the Islamic world and therefore put U.S. military troops at risk. CNN anchor Zane Vergi then shot back, and they were swiftly put on Arab TV. As you say, they're out there. They were swiftly put on Arab TV. Is there something devious about that? Is Arab TV somehow committing some transgression against freedom and democracy by broadcasting the same images that were first put out by Australian TV in a country that Bush claims is his ally? All the images of torture at Abu Ghraib should be made public, as the Center for Constitutional Rights and ACLU have been fighting for, because they're an accurate representation of what's been happening and continues to happen in U.S.-run and supported gulags around the world. When and if they're released, Barbara Starr should be reminded that she's supposed to be a CNN reporter at the Pentagon, not a Pentagon spokesperson to CNN. Bitch. Oh, brother, do I hate that CNN. They, they give me spilkies. I mean, I love Todd Dreck compared to the way I feel about CNN. Does that uh, spell it out for you clearly? No. God, spell it they out. just, they make me nauseous. Dana Bash, all these little sucklings, man, they just suck it up and kissy, kissy, kissy. Uh, Lou Dobbs, who had his two moments of a righteous indignation last Friday, and that was the end of that. All these phonies, man. And, of course, Wolf Blitzkrieg, who's uh, the champion of all that. And then, of course, your very favorite, Mrs. Limbaugh. Oh, yeah. I can't she used to be a liberal, but it's kind of her. like all that right-wingism is rub rubbing off on her ass. She tucks her boobs into her belt. Really? Well, you know something? I bet you that's not all she tucks in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like Buffalo Bill? That's it. <laughs> and you know why she does it? <laughs> I know <laughs> oh, why. Oh, brother. I wasn't thinking so much. Well, it puts the lotion in the basket. Yeah. It puts the oxy in Rush's puss. Oh, speaking of uh, people who are above the law, like Rush, and like your president and vice president, and like the Pentagon, Jackson's custody of kids upheld. You see, for justice, I guess we got to go to Don Corleone. I reckon. Maybe Don Corleone could take care of Todd Dreck, Michael Jackson, Wayne Gretzky, all of the all of these issues, you know. Like, like remember, Michael, I'm settling all family business today. First, That's I'm right. going uh, to be there for the baptism of Connie's baby. I'm going to be going First, I'm going to be godfather of Connie's baby. That's what it was. Uh, remember that? All right. And then I'm taking care of all family business. An appeals court in L.A. Wednesday reinstated an order granting Michael Jackson sole custody of his two children with his ex-wife, Debbie Rowe. I would more. I believe he was married to Tommy Rowe, despite her concerns over the singer's child molestation trial. This goes to show you there is no justice. Mm -mm. California's Second District Court of Appeals ruled that Rowe, who in 2001 signed away her parental rights to the 47-year-old performer's two oldest children, Michael Jr. and Paris, had no legal grounds to terminate that arrangement. 
Roe, who was married to Jackson from 97 to 99, alleged, but never lived with the self-styled king of plop, persuaded an L.A. Superior Court judge to overturn the child custody agreement in 2004 on legal grounds. Roe's petition cited accusations of child molestation against Jackson and his association with a nation of Islam whose members briefly provided security for the singer during the trial. A big black guy named Ben was there, too, as a matter of fact. The molestation case said, well, we know that. After the lower court refused Jackson's request to overturn that order, he appealed to the 2nd District, which ruled in favor of the entertainer and held that the original order terminating Rose's parental rights should stand. Roe, who was working as a medical assistant for a dermatologist when she met Jackson, was called as a... How much do you think she got? How many million? She... About 30, man. Uh, at least, I'm thinking, like, yeah. 50. Yeah, and now, now all of a sudden she's got this righteous indignation, like she really cares about her right. kids or anything else yeah. besides her... She sold her children for bitch. money. Nasty bitch. She was called as a prosecution witness in his trial, but defended him on the stand, saying that he was a kind, selfless, and generous to a fault. Well, so there you go. For about $30 million, you'd probably lie, too, and I'd lie like crazy. Yeah, Josh yeah, might. I wouldn't sell my maybe, children, though. I think Josh would do it for like 30 bucks. Well, maybe one of them you would. Hey, I'd rather do it for 30 mil, though. It's a nice lie. Hey, you better watch your P's and Q's, man, and quit talking about that prize closet. Otherwise, somebody's going to get on your ass. What? I'm just telling him, I'm giving a little advice, okay? I've been around the block in this station, man, for eight-plus years now. I know where the bodies are buried. I don't know what Believe you're talking me. about. Yeah, yeah, you do. Trust me when I tell you. After the show, by the way, I'll give you some pointers on that uh, whole uh, uh, website deal. There's a great scam waiting for that. Now just get real close to Greg. He's got boxes and boxes full of good stuff. Jackson, who has spent much of his time since the trial in Bahrain, has a third child, Prince Michael the Tooth, by an unknown mother. Also by an unknown father, of course. He was married to Lisa Marie, another Scientologist. How come Lisa Marie wasn't in the closet with uh, John Revolta and with uh, Tommy Cruz and with uh, R. Kelly? In the closet. Yeah. I know Michael couldn't be there. There was only one room for one pedophile. If is that it. Yeah. But Lisa Marie, another Scientologist. Right. Now, you better not pick on them Scientologists, man, because they'll come uh, they'll showing up in your bring house at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's right. Yeah, bring it on. Go ahead. And they'll, like, tie your Tom Cruise posters all over your front door. I got Overlord Xenu in my pocket. WQAM, hello. How about Woody Woodpecker? He's on there, so, uh, sorry. Hey, Neil. Yes. Uh, do you know there was a track record of pumping all that strategy? I agree. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, one for the poll. Okay. Uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. Excellent. It is a good one. Yeah, that was good. Okay, okay thank you, you, you. Go ahead. A little while ago, you guys had a uh, poll on TV shows that people watch over and over again. Why don't they... So you guys can get a little raise. Just repeat your eight to or your ten to twelve hours from two to four. No. Most people no, are no, 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 no. We wouldn't, you know. Most people are in and out all day. They don't hear everything. Yeah, believe me, most people that work at this station are in and out all day. If you catch my drift. Uh, no, that that business being a little overexposed, if you pardon that expression, uh, not a good idea. And that's like WSUN revisited. Oh, if you like Neil for four hours a day, how about thirty hours a day, huh? About thirty, man. Yeah. And if you like 30 hours a day, how about 70? That was that S-U-N deal, man. I don't want to start oh, thinking yeah. about that again. Sure was cost-effective, though. Huh? Just oh, yeah, cost-effective. Well, that's Cox Broadcasting for you, man. What a bunch of geniuses, real rocket scientists. Oh, my God. This whole industry is such swill, you know? Do I know? No, the only, the only good thing I can say about it is I'm making a lot of money. That, that's the end, you know, and there aren't too many of us who are doing that. There right. are a few of us. But other than that, this, this industry just blows. In fact, it's almost going to inspire me to, to yank out these discs, you know. I'm going to just play those WKR and the CKLW jingles. Oh, here's the C, a CKLW history. I bet you that's intriguing, really? you know. Yeah, just a little taste, okay? Maybe maybe a Mike Wance is out there. Because you're just talking about Woody Woodpecker and Walter Lance. How about Walter Sabo? The year 
1960, 1961, 1962, 1963, 64, 65, 66. Come the home of the happy fellow. Here comes Dave Schaefer. Dave Schaefer, my favorite. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Schaefer. I've taken the time out here to uh, introduce to you now our newest member to CKLW, and I hope that you will welcome him and make him feel at home, Mr. Terry Knight. Yeah, yeah, Terry Knight here from now until 11 o'clock on the Great 80. The radio yeah, is KLW Windsor, baby. We're going to make it tonight. Let's go. Listen here, minute by minute, for CK Radio News. Replay. I dreamed I was there. In Hillbilly Heaven, it's Frillin' Husky. Hillbilly Heaven. Oh, my God. I haven't heard that in a coon's age, man. Hillbilly Heaven, Furlan Husky. You ever hear that before, Capitol Records? I used to play it. You played Hillbilly Heaven? When I filled in for the country. I, I wonder if, I bet you Johnny Cash is up there singing in Hillbilly Heaven right now, you know? You think? Must be. I or don't, maybe he's just up there doing drugs. I don't have that particular Furlan Husky. Oh, oh so I do. have this. Oh, man, I love that country music. Not... Yeah. I'm going to go out and buy me a double Y and just lock myself in here and listen to country music. Yeah. Marty Robbins in a white sport coat and a pink carnation. I do like that. You got that? If you got that... I might say something good about you. I doubt it. Ain't no Waylon Jennings. You know, have Marty Robbins? I don't have uh, that one. I have El Paso. Oh, El Paso on that. El Paso on that. And I also have this. Oh, that's a little too honky-tonky for me. Remember Honky Tonk by Bill Doggett? Yeah. Don't worry about me. That wasn't a talk-up. That was a... Uh, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Set him duck hunting with a, a veep. 114 already at QM. Finally, a TV experience like no other. Comcast Digital Cable on Demand is easy to use, has lots to love. And today you can try it for only $34.99 a month for three months. Why is TV so much better with on demand? For starters, you can watch a wide variety of movies and shows whenever you want. It's a revolutionary new way to enjoy TV. On Demand is a library of thousands of programs ready to start when you say so, with programming including free movies, kid shows, music videos, cooking shows, sports, home improvement shows, guitar lessons, and so much more. You'll always have something good to watch right when you want to watch it. And don't forget about Control. With On Demand, you can start, stop, pause, rewind, fast-forward programs using that remote. You sure can't get all that with satellite. With up to 250 channels plus On Demand, you can build your own TV schedule. Who could possibly ask for more? And best of all, On Demand is free when you have Comcast Digital Cable. So pick your showtime, sit back, and you wonder how you ever got along without it. Call today, order Comcast Digital Cable and HBO with the power of On Demand for only $34.99 a month for three months. In Dade, call 305-COMCAST and in 954-COMCAST. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. Randy. What? Hello, Randy. What? Are you listening to me? No. Rectum. Well, I drive a two-ton semi, go trucking coast to coast. I like my rig, I like the road, but it's not what I love most. There's a gal I left in Fresco, a sweet young thing named Rose. And the best dang thing about her, she lets me wear her clothes. Well, I'm proud to be country transvestite. All right. And I love to wear the girls' clothes all day. All day. Lacy bra, a frilly blouse, a silky negligee. Now I'm still a macho tough guy, and I hope you'll understand. 
I was born with a big black mustache and a six-pack in my hand. But when I go out formal, I do it with a twist. I'll wear a strapless evening gown and a nosegay on my wrist. Yes, I'm proud to be country transvestite. And I love to wear the girls' clothes all day. I gloss my lips, tease my hair, and sleep in lingerie. Now I like the way I'm living. Don't judge me by my clothes. I'm an all-American he-man. I love legs and hose. So don't look at me funny, or I'll punch out your lights. And the last thing you'll remember is a trucker in fishnet tights. Yes, I'm proud to be country transvestite. And I love to wear the girls' clothes all day. Painted lips, padded hips, my shaved legs on display. Yes, I'm proud to be country transvestite. And I love to wear the girls' clothes all day. Style and music, something views, well, it sends us on our way. Yes, I'm proud to be country transvestite. Let me get these pantyhose on here. Hope I don't get a run. You know, I hate that. I hate that. You know, when you chip your nail and that thing flakes off there, it's just terrible. You know, and you got to go back home and just put the new nail polish on it. I wish they'd uh-huh. come up with something. You could just put it on part that you wouldn't have to do it every day. You know what I'm saying? Whew, I could use a bubble bath. I really could. And I'm going to go to the shop. I am. I swear to God. From 145 votes that I pull, baby, even though Jason's it really sucks today, but too bad. The best cartoon character of all time. I'm just going to give you like a little taste. You want a little taste? Just enough for what you're done with. Bugs Bunny. That's right. Right. Your whittle. 228. Homer Simpson, 142. Cartman from South Park, 128. He's making a little move now. Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner, 76. Rocky and Bullwinkle, 58. Or as, as uh, what's his name would say, the uh, former Louisville and UM coach, Howard Smellyberger. That's Boo Schmidt. That's Boo Schmidt. That was one of his favorite words. Uh, yeah. Never trust a guy that smokes a pipe and clenches it real tight in his mouth. Rocky and Bullwinkle, 58. Beavis and Butthead, 53. Charlie Brown, 52. We got that straight now. Thanks, Eric. Tom and Jerry, 41. Superman, 41. Batman, 39. And Mickey Mouse, 33. Oh, look who's... Uh, Fred Flintstone and Barney Rebel have both got... About 30, man. Together, joined at the hip. Wilma don't have any. All right. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the Verizon Singular Wireless Line. Seems like only, what, 20, 30 hours ago we sat down this morning? At least. WQAM, hello. QAM. Hey, Neil, how are you? Great. Uh, the, uh, the last great team uh, on uh, CKLW, first in the motor sit was uh, Gary Burbank along with uh, Byron McGregor and uh, Randall Carlisle, but that's not what I called about. Byron McGregor, uh, boy, what a set of pipes he had, huh? Yeah. Right. Anyway, anyway, yes. uh, what I called about was, have you still got Cheney? Tells his grandkids a bedtime story. That is one of the funniest bits, and now it's apropos. Cheney tells his grandkids a bedtime story? And scares the dickens out of them. Ask George. It's around there somewhere. He played it once a long time ago. Never heard of it. Never heard oh, of that. Well, I seem to remember it. And she was saying, Dad, you're frightening the kids. They've got to grow up. they got to be tough. Maybe I heard it somewhere else. Anyway. Yeah, I think uh, you dreamed it, maybe. Okay. Good, good luck to us, pal. Wow. Maybe it's this. No. No. No, ain't that. You think it's this? No. No. Maybe this. This no. old man, Dick Cheney, he had angioplasty, had a heart attack, paddle whack, got him a full stone. Oh. Next time he's not coming home. Hey, kids, did you like that? Yeah. Well, let's do another one, this time with the president. Oh. 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 
This nitwit, his name's Bush. He's a hemorrhoid in the tush. He picked a guy who would die so he'd be alone. There's nothing in his empty tone. Those must be those little kids in Sarasota that uh, Bush was reading that day on 9 11. Remember that? He was reading That's that little right. story book? Yeah, My mm-hmm. Pet Goat. Yeah, he's the goat, all right, believe yeah. you me. You got my goat. I think uh, Cheney's the sheep and he the goat. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five six. We're guilty at two mad dog at four. And then of course that UM basketball game from Boston. They're playing Boston College. I bet you Josh will be hanging out every word on that, won't you? Maybe, we'll see. I doubt it. WQAM, it's line nine. Watch it. QAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, hey how about Ren and Stimpy? In honor of such. Okay. Good choice. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Hey, uh, too late. What, what, well, I mean I you know what, how about I got a fast finger, man. You better speak now or forever hold it real tight. Ren and Stimpy. I thought we had him on there, Ren they and Stimpy. They are. I was pretty sure we did. He's playing with my memory, so he figures I'm an old coot and I can't remember nothing. Ren and Stimpy are already on there, but thanks. You're right, for Sud's sake. Let's see. Here is good for you. I got the I theme here somewhere. like Chinese. That ain't it. When that guy uh, verified that Rick Riley is doing a stock market thing go. on the Internet somewhere, I just, I just about peed my pants when I heard that. That has got to be one of the most amusing things. Well, what, is, what does he call it? Like redneck stock tips? I don't know. Stock cars and stock uh, market. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. You got confused. Maybe he's talking about stock car racing. Couldn't possibly be like stocks and bonds and stuff like that. Crap like that. And I do mean crap. What is that? Ren and Stimpy. Stimpy? I I, I remember Ren and Stimpy, but I don't remember the music. Do you like Ren and Stimpy? It's uh, so long ago. I can remember Ren and Stimpy. That was all right. All the dope you smoked. It's hard to remember what happened yesterday. I don't smoke no dope. Oh, you know, it's, funny, it's funny you mention that because it's so readily available here and people don't pay any attention. And there's like people openly smoking it on the street corners. I'm thinking of taking it up now. Yeah? Oh, because of this place. I mean, this radio station, man, is driving me. Some people get driven to drink. I can't do that. Well, it's a double-edged think. sword, you know. Is it Because really? it'll calm you down, but then you'll want to eat, so don't do it. Oh, not a good idea. No. Especially when I got down to 190 this morning. That's right. Finally. Finally. Xanax, I think that's what uh, that's what you need. Okay. How about some oxys would be good? A quarter of a Zanny bar. No, no, that's too different. Maybe go on that Kate Moss was a gay thing because he thought he confused Xanax with poppers. Do you know any straight guys that, like, use poppers? I sure hope. Oh, like that, oh, that, would, that, that would have been another good one for the poll yesterday. Oh, yeah, like locker room, the, uh, oh, the rush stuff. Oh, my God. That is, is that, the is worst smelling crap. That's what you're oh. talking about, right? The little jars? Uh, yeah, take, rush. With it? Yeah. My God, it's like sniffing glue. No, much worse than that. The, the smell will just yeah. drive you to commit suicide. It makes everything yeller, too. A lot of uh, queens Gay. into that crap. 27 past 1 at 560 WQAM. When it comes to mattresses, speaking of who you're sleeping with, a lot of gimmicks out there. The latest are sleep numbers, otherwise known as air mattresses. And believe me, this is hot air at its finest. They're only warranted in full for two years. They squeak, they pop... <laughs> And they lose their setting during the night, probably at the worst possible time, too. And they cost a fortune, an arm and 17 legs. If you really want a high-quality brand-name mattress that'll last you for years and years, you sure as hell know what to do now. Just sit there on your fat, pimply ass and make that one easy call to dial a mattress. 1-800-MATTRESS. That's what I've been doing for years now, every time I need a new mattress. When you call that number, you get no runarounds, no showroom shenanigans. Just factory direct prices and the best brands that you know and trust. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll choose from Florida's largest inventory of Sealy, Serta, Simmons, King Coil, Tempur-Pedic, Stearns and Bananas Foster, all ready for a same-day delivery at prices lower than the so-called big-name chain stores, even their supposed big sales. 
Call that number, 1-800-MATTRESS. You can have the bed you want delivered the date and time you want it. You pick the delivery time, whoever heard of that. But they let you do it in a two-hour delivery window. That's convenient for you, like noon to two, one to three, two to four, etc. I've been a satisfied uh, customer of Dial Mattress for years, and I guarantee you, I'll bet you the water Nazi's life on it that you will be too. Call 1-800-MATTRESS right now, and they'll be there in no time at all, knocking down your door, or log on to their website, mattress.com. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last S because it stands for stupendous savings. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Thank you, baby. Gotta change my home page quick. It's really kind of gross. There's a lady with a face. One that's not wrong. Yes, I know those great surgeons. Giving you lips, nose, and jaw. I just can't view those detailed pictures anymore. I'm sure George is offended by that and thinks that's very tasteless. And uh, I was thinking that when I was dubbing that in the VCS a couple nights ago. And I thought, uh-huh. well, who cares? Right. What? Who cares? I think she ought to demand a refund. That's my take. Okay. A, a, a makeover. Maybe 50%. Maybe they could have, like, uh, Joan Rivers on there, one of those uh, stupid TV makeover shows. I know? think you're a cruel, heartless bastard. That's correct. 27 till 2, we got uh, Gelder coming up top of the hour. In fact, don't we have that? That is, well, we're, I don't have half of those drop ins here, but that's all right. Because I've been uh, gathering together little by little. I'll put them on a CD for you. That's all the I one got. that you're talking and about. I also got brand new. That one. Yeah. What is that? Peanuts. You talking about Josh's salary again? Or yours? Talking about my package. Dolphins McIntosh arrested for uh, domestic violence. Police arrested Dolphins offensive tackle Damien McIntosh on domestic violence charges after he allegedly pushed his wife to the floor during an argument yesterday morning, officials said. Officers arrived at McIntosh's Davy home in the 2100 block of Lynx Avenue at about 10.30 yesterday morning in reference to a 9-11 call. McIntosh's wife, 27, called the police from a bathroom where officers found her unresponsive and laying face down on the floor. The arrest report said. When officers asked McIntosh what happened, the arrest report said he showed them a study on the west side of the house and said, we got into an argument, I pushed her to the floor, she hit her head pretty hard. Police tried to interview his wife, but she was incoherent and unable to speak, the arrest report said. She suffered a possible head injury, was taken to Cleveland Clinic in Weston. I wonder if she's Weston comfortably. McIntosh, 28, who started 30, 30 consecutive games at left tackle for the Dolphins, was arrested on one count of domestic violence and booked on the felony charge in the Broward County Main Jail. McIntosh, 6'4", 320 pounds, attended MacArthur High School in Hollywood and later started Kansas State. We understand the serious nature of the charges and certainly don't condone in any way the type of conduct which has been led, said Dolphins coach Nick Saban. However, we won't make a comment about this specific matter until we collect more information. Well, I mean, they got so many, uh, you know, criminals on that team in that organization anyway, right? That Sounds like he's always with uh, Randy McMichael. Hey, there you go. McMichael? And who is that guy that, uh, like, uh, tried to off himself by, like, uh, choking himself to death, the one from Michigan State? Uh, I keep forgetting his name. Me too. Jim Mandich. You know who I'm talking about, though. I do, yeah. No, there was a whole series of these guys. And anyway, that's, uh, and, and it was Mark Duper, wasn't it, that was selling all that Wasn't that, that Demetrius Underwood? Demetrius Underwood, very good. Let's hear it for uh, the Josh Meister. Love his You're getting, like, hands. a ten-cent raise just based on that interjection. All right. Well, keep asking me questions. There you go. <laughs> 
So let me ask you again. You think it's Todd Dreck or Clarence? A wrong question. <laughs> Republican senators criticized the Bush administration yesterday over its policies in Iraq, Iran, and the Palestinian territories as Secretary of State Condoleezza's Rice versus testimony in Capitol Hill months exposed her to a tough grilling from some members of her own party who looked at Condoleezza and said, You fairy! I don't see, Madam Secretary, how things are getting better. I think things are getting worse. I think they're getting worse in Iraq. I think they're getting worse in Iran, Senator Chuck Hagel of Nebraska told Rice, as she appeared before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Rice also had a tense exchange with moderate Republican Senator Lincoln Chafee of Rhode Island over the pace of progress toward Israeli-Palestinian peace and implications of the Hamas victory in Palestinian legislative elections last month. Typically soft-spoken, Chafee tersely questioned whether the U.S. could have prevented Hamas from coming to power. Opportunities missed. Chafee lamented after rattling off a list. Opportunities missed after reading or rattling, or rattling off a list. Well, let's raffle that off, too, on our website. Now we have a very, very disastrous situation of a terrorist organization winning elections. As a matter of fact, speaking of websites, I was just thinking of somebody who could partner with Eric and make a lot of money on our website. Especially if we could, like, break into Greg's uh, office before he takes everything out. Rice said she agrees it's a difficult moment for the peace process, but responded, I don't think the USA is responsible for the election of Hamas. No, I don't. Yeah, right. Your mama. Your mama so socks in the hell, Condoleezza. Let's play the original one right now. Do it. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da, bitch. Oh, and this is what America is becoming now. You know, and I will say this. I'm going to preface my uh, this story by just saying this. I, I despise the virulent anti-smoking thing, the people. Right. Because, uh, you know, I, I used to be a smoker. Oh, that's a long time ago in college. Wow. Newports, by the way. It's a real Gay. thing. That's what I thought. Uh, but anyway... Uh, and so I've always been very offended by these people. If you don't want to be around people c- cigarette smoke, then get away from people who smoke. That's all. Just go to a restaurant where there's no smoking or, well, or, you know, or whatever. But anyway, I will say this. At the Falls View Casino in Niagara Falls, unlike Woodbine, and I can't say too much good about Woodbine because the ambiance there is like in a toilet. But uh, in Niagara Falls Casino, as beautiful as Falls View is, the brand new one, mm-hmm. they allow smoking. Now, I don't know how long it's going on because I, I, well, no, I think it's only a city of Toronto thing where all the smoking ban is going on. Mm-hmm. Public places, but uh, the, the people sit next to you with a machine, man. And even if you got a good machine, you don't want to get up and move just because somebody is smoking. And and they what they do is they not only smoke and blow the smoke in your direction, but they also hold the faggot in right. their hand in such a way that the cigarette smoke is wafting. You know what I'm talking yes, about? I do. And the tears are forming in your eyes. And I don't want to start being a butch boss about that. Like put that faggot down or put it out or get out of here already. But I it, it does bug me. Maybe you should get some gambling goggles. That would be a good idea. A gambling mask, a ski mask. There you go, with your own uh, air supply. Right. I'm not that big on them. The new Calabasas secondhand smoke ordinance, which would prohibit smoking in all public areas of the city, including parks, sidewalks, and outdoor businesses, will take effect by the middle of March, city officials in Calabasas, California said. Final passage of the ordinance. Uh, Oh, look at that. In fact, this probably is old news, even though it's on there. Why is it on there today? Well, it is old news. This website, the Acorn, is uh, who had this on their website? I think probably Lynn Samuels. Hey, Lynn, get with it. Oh, Lynn Samuels, by the way, is also a guy. Do you know that? I hear she's eloping well, with Barbara Starr. That would explain a lot. Officials from the L.A. That, now, that explains why she was so enthralled with Shepard Smith. Oh, Shep this and Shep that. Yeah, Shep this. And this whole fag hag thing. Man. So this story is already outdated. Anyway, what the deal is is that uh, they're uh, all outdoors, indoors, uh, under your roof. Uh, no, no way. Last month, California became the first state to declare secondhand tobacco smoke a toxic air pollutant, they said. How do you like that? In a state where the pollution coming up. And, of course, they have to spell that, sell a real expensive gas in California. They have to use, like, uh, whatever the hell it is. Methyl? No, you know what I'm talking about, that different uh, kind of uh, gas in your car because of the pollution problem out there. It's almost as bad as Roma. 
You know those Olympic Games in Roma and Firenze and Venezia no. and Bologna and München? Huh? You know those? No. And Parigi? Yeah, what if they were holding the games in Paris? Would they say Parigi? Yeah. Tadiano for Paris? All you phonies on here, Brian Williams. Dick, Dick Ebersol is the Antichrist, I'll tell you right, right now. I hope that he and Todd Reck go skiing together. Remember Sonny Bono and that Kennedy guy? Yes, I do. I hope with the same end result. And you notice the first day, I didn't see any of it because I'm not watching it, but on the newscast they keep showing this crap. The very first day they were like having all these wild accidents and skiers breaking their neck and, and all these losers uh, losing like crazy and like uh, just unbelievable. It's kind of like an S&M contest as opposed to a sporting competition. Right. Like an S&M. Watch some lunatic uh, do this masochistic thing and try to kill himself. Well, that's like... This is Neil Rogers. This is Five like Evil Knievel in that crap. Something my crap, Nick friend. Hi, this is Clay Aiken. Thank you for making my new single the number one song in America. Now, girls, listen. Yes, we all have our moments, our difficult times, when our little friend comes to visit. I know what you're thinking. Clay, is it true? Do you have menstrual cramps like us? Why, of course I do. And that's why the maker of America's favorite muscle relaxer and painkiller has asked me, America's favorite he-she, to endorse the all-new American Midol. American Midol. For those times you feel bloated, you're cramping, and you feel just downright bitchy. You know, when you're well, you're aching. <laughs> American Midol. Endorsed by me, Clay Aiken, the guy-gal who finished second to that no-talent Reuben Stuttered. And you know, I still can't believe you people voted him as your American Idol. I mean, I had no idea there were so many fat loser people out there who could operate a damn phone. I mean, what, did all of you call from the pay phone at the all-you-can-eat buffet place? I mean, really, I have no idea what's going on. American Midol. For those times when life seems a little unfair, use only as directed. So you think your Clay's aching? Sorry, I was across the room. I'm sure he's aching. Oh, well, I was just reaching for something. Oh, not that. U.S. lawmakers formally asked the Bush administration today to reconsider its approval of a sale giving that company in the United Arab Emirates control over significant operations at six major American ports, including Miami. Remember that story the other day? Yes, I did. Very disturbing. The lawmakers, including four senators and three House members, sharply criticized the UAE as inconsistent in its support of U.S. anti-terrorism efforts. Bunch of schmataheads. They also said the country was a key transfer point for shipments of nuclear components sent to Iran, North Korea, and Libya, and was one of only three nations that had recognized the Taliban as Afghanistan's legitimate government. Outsourcing uh, the operations of our largest ports to a country with a dubious record on terrorism is a homeland security and commerce accident waiting to happen, said Chuck Schumer of New York. The administration needs to take another look at this deal. Give a cook. Take another look. The Bush administration defended its approval of the sale. A spokesman for the White House National Security Council, Frederick Jones, said today that security implications of the deal were rigorously reviewed. Right. Rigorously reviewed. I'll tell you one thing. You want to fly Egypt Air, you think? Oh, uh, no thanks. No. At any rate, so Chuck Schumer said, they'll, they'll go ahead and do it. This one says this, and this one says that, and, and when push comes to shove, they do whatever the hell they want anyway. A prominent attorney who represented billionaire investor Kirk Kerkorian was indicted yesterday for his alleged role in an illegal wiretapping scheme involving Hollywood celebrities and executives that's already ensnared nine others. Terry Christensen. I wonder if he's kid to Hayden Christensen. I Hayden Christensen. Who looks good with a lot of makeup on, man. I'm going to tell you. And so anyway, yeah. did I tell you about that movie, Shattered Glass? I don't yeah, think we it's... talked about it on the air, did we? Not enough. No, it's a good movie. It's about Stephen Glass, who uh, wrote for the New Republic, and he fabricated all those stories. Mm-hmm. And then their ass was in hot water because then come to... And he was just, just a classic liar, a brilliant kid, but just unbelievable, compulsive liar. He just kept making up all this stuff and making uh -huh. up stuff. And... Gee, what huh? a shock. 
Yeah, in the New Republic. Well, that'll teach them right anyway. They deserve it. They, they, they made a turn to the right anyway. Terry Christensen, 65, of Beverly Hills, was charged with one kind of conspiracy and one kind of intercepting wire communications. If convicted of both counts, he could face up to 10 years in a slimer in federal prison. Prosecutors allege that Christensen conspired with private investigator Anthony Pelicano, whose name ends in a... In a oh! Right. To illegally wiretap the phones of Kerkorian's former wife, Lisa Bonder Kerkorian, who was involved in a court battle against the unnamed Christensen client. He allegedly paid Pelicano at least a hundred grand for the wiretap court document show. Gee, that's a shame. What a waste of money to get a bet that on that basketball game. <laughs> Christensen would use the information gleaned from the illegal wiretap to secure a tactical advantage in litigation by learning Lisa Bonner Kerkorian's plans, strategies, perceived strengths and weaknesses, other confidential information. A previous indictment unsealed last week said information gathered by Pelicano and associates was used for threats, blackmail, in some cases to tilt litigation. Federal investigators have named their clients or disclosed if they may have known about his methods. However, the court documents did reveal that the phones of actors Sylvester Stallone and Keith Carradine were tapped. In addition, the names of more than 60 people, including comedians Gary Shandling and Kevin Nealon, were run through police and uh, government databases. Uh, why would anybody want to tap uh, Gary Shandling's phone? Uh, oh, I know, to see if he's really Jewish. Legal experts believe the wiretapping scandal could unlock some of Hollywood's shady dealings that implicate some of the industry's power players. How do you like that? Well, good. Throw them all in jail together. All bunch of, the whole world is a whole bunch of crooks. Thank God we work for a really honest company. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to the thing on our website. Okay, let's take a look at this. Uh, poor... I don't know what you're uh, so quiet about. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a splendid idea. See if your close friend Greg, since you're bonding with him so much on his way out, see if he wants to donate like cartons and cartons full of stuff that we can we can pedal right on our website on neilrogers.com. Make millions. We'll throw Greg the occasional bone. The best cartoon character of all time. We got uh, 1291. We're gonna have over 1300 votes. Oh, there's that lost little puppy dog. Not a shame. I feel yeah. so bad. That little widow greyhound, miniature greyhound. I don't feel bad. Why not? Oh, no, I, I feel good because it all got away from those bastards. Right. People are exploiting. You people are exploiting right. your children and your little dogs, man, and strut around here like a bunch. See, don't you understand? Everybody is laughing at you. Don't you understand that? They're not applauding for you. They're applauding for the dogs having the balls to go out there and put up with your crap. And I'm sure the dog is very valuable, and it probably was insured, so nobody lost any money. So I, oh, I see. In other words, you're suggesting maybe the dog sleeps with the fishes now. No. Or maybe this was just punishment for not winning the for grand prize. It'll teach him not to uh, you know, do it, strut his stuff. The best cartoon character of all time. I bet you we got 1291, like I said. What do you got? Any second will go to 1300. I'll and then, then the what's... thingy, 1291. See, look at that, 1292. They're coming in by the ones. They're pouring in here right at the ass end of the show. And then what's Jay going to say? Well, maybe the poll wasn't so bad after all. Some people were interested. Everybody's interested in cartoons, right? Even right. Jack Walsk. Bugs Bunny, 230. Homer Simpson, 147. Cartman from South Park, 128. Willie, uh, Wiley e. Coyote, why do I keep saying that? Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner, 80. Rocky and Bullwinkle, 60. Oh, so much better than Roadrunner. Mm -hmm. Beavis and Butthead, 54. Charlie Brown, 54. Where are you? Superman, 44. Tom and Jerry, 42. Batman, 41. Now we're talking, Robin. Boy, it's amazing. Like at all the uh, video stores, they got all the um, all the seasons of Batman and all the. It's just amazing how much Batman. I may have to actually buy that. Well, I might as well wait for them to come out on uh, the HD DVD. Well, the HD, yeah. Then, yeah. then you can really check out Robin's sites. Or I can, anyway. Mickey Mouse, 37, especially after what you told me. Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble, 32. SpongeBob SquarePants has got... About 30, man. Daffy Duck, 21. Snoopy, 21. Ren and Stimpy, 18. Speed... Beavis and Butthead are not role models. Speed Racer, 17. Underdog, 16. Scooby-Doo, uh, 16. Popeye, 15. Boris Badenoff and Natasha uh, uh, Fatale, 14. Donald Duck, 14. Mr. Magoo, Jim Backus, 14. Mighty Mouse, 15. 
Boy, that was an old cartoon, Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. Is, they, is that still around or not? No. Oh, come on. No. Peter from Family Guy, 10. Felix the Cat, 8. Betty Boop, 8. Yogi Bear and Boo Boo, 7. Top Cat, 7. Quagmire from Family Guy. I never thought I'd be saying Yogi Bear and Boo Boo on the air. Woody Woodpecker, 6. Quagmire from Family Guy, 6. 6. Uh, I'm not going to read all the rest of these. Alfred E. Newman finally got 4 right on Dick Tracy's ass. He's got 5. Uh, Alvin the Chipmunks only got 3. I'll just read a couple of these. Uh, Elmer Fudd's only got two. Dudley Do-Right's only got a pair. What is wrong? Porky Pig's only got two. Jesus, God Almighty, what's the world coming to? Foghorn, Lutterhorn, Leghorn's only got, I think, a one. Doesn't he? What's he got? Oh, he went on real late. No. And, uh, and Joe Palooka's only got a pair. Well, that's it. There's over 40,000 names out there for you to choose and peruse. And lose. This is Neil Rogers. Rock solid. This is 560 QAM. Neil God. Bye, bye, bye.